What's up, guys? Thank you all for checking out this edition of New Generation Hero Talk. I'm your host, EJ Stewart. We got a great show lined up for you guys today. Um, Vanity Fair ended up doing a very expansive piece on Zack Snyder and the Justice League cut. Uh, we've heard Snyder. It's funny. They kind of promote it as this like first time hearing from Zack Snyder's side of the story. Even though I feel like he's talked quite a lot <laughs> since um, all that stuff went down with the, him being leaving the project and coming back. But I think this is pro- this is probably you know the definitive I think story at least the story they went out about what how, what all happened how we got to this point where we're you know a little more than a month away before a little less than a month away I think uh, before the drop of uh, of HBO Max's uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League a lot of interesting details a lot of uh, you know correcting the record a lot of new things we we learned so I want to talk about that with the guys in a bit also we have a, a officially have a Supergirl cast um, um, Sasha Kaye. Was uh, was uh, picked by uh, Annie Muschietti to play Supergirl in the upcoming Flash movie, and the idea is that she will be the the, the perception, or at least the, the thought, is that she's going to be Supergirl moving forward. That this isn't you know a one done situation. We know DC is making a Supergirl movie, so her casting you know it has you know lasting ramifications, just not just for the Flash, but for the DC universe as a whole. So we'll talk about that as well. A wild, wild rumor. Uh, made it on to social media regarding the Fantastic Four and a potential big casting. So we'll we'll talk about what we think of the validity of that is, and um and and I'm really excited to talk about the new director for Blue Beetle that was that was announced this week. I actually got to watch um um a movie from one of that directors today and was really blown away. So I'm really excited to talk about that subject as well. And could we be seeing a Disney animated project make its way to the MCU in some way? There's reports that suggest that maybe we will. So we'll talk about all that stuff on this podcast. This should be a great show. Joining me are my co-hosts, beginning with Shamari Stewart and Sham. We'd be remiss not to mention the kind of... Uh, I don't know if calling it an elephant is, uh, is, is fair at this point in time. So just for clarity for people who listen to this podcast, um, we're recording this podcast right now a little past 9 o'clock uh, Eastern time. And the kind of situation we have going on social media is it had includes a lot of the actors from the spider-man 3 movie posting photos from the movie like still photos from the movie along with phony titles for lack of a better term um we've seen multiple people holland posted a title uh that was obviously you know bogus zendaya posted a title like spider-man home slice was her title i believe i think holland posted the spider-man phone home uh was the title so it, it, there's definitely something going on regarding. Uh, I seen Spider-Man Homewrecker as well. So I, I don't know who posted this one. I think that was a uh, uh, Jacob Batman. Jacob. I think yeah, he he posted a Spider-Man, <laughs> Spider-Man Homewrecker. So they're having a lot of fun with this title. It's kind of giving people uh, anxious about if some big news is going to drop. Holland is slated to do an appearance on Jimmy Kimmel tonight. That of course appearance wouldn't be live. So whatever would have done would have been done, but. There's this idea that maybe there's something major happening with Spider-Man tonight that we will learn very soon. We don't know for sure. I'm sure maybe you'll be hearing a future podcast from us where we do know the title or we do know whatever footage they may drop and we're going to discuss it. Our plans to try to have something ready for you guys um, that you probably already see on our on our multiple channels by now if you're listening to this show. But uh, but but uh, Chan, just real quickly, what do you make of just kind of this? Uh, just kind of gray area win right now. This is very strange what's happening. They're clearly bolstering some kind of social media campaign behind something. 
and they, this is the way they're going about it. Um, yeah, EJ, it's it's very strange. Uh, they, I mean, they got me. I saw Holland's picture first. So I was like, whoa. I mean, every there were so many outlets, Sham, that just went with Tom Holland's name the movie. Like, like, and some of the yeah. titles are still up. Like, they haven't even changed. Like, like this is like, yeah, very much an ongoing situation. Yeah, it's very strange. Uh, by the time our listeners are listening, they may already know what the title is. Um, but yeah, it's a very strange uh, situation. Um, I'm excited to know what the title will be. Uh, we also got images, and we got pictures we got as well. You so know, just so. to to confirm that that they are serious about discussing the movie. Yeah, and revealing things about the movie in due time. So, so yeah, this is a thing that's happening. So we're getting more information about the movie. You know, and those were those images seem like they didn't seem like oh we're on set, guys. They seem like actual movie. <laughs> yeah, images. no, no, these were actual. These were like, could be in a trailer. Yeah. yeah, those were actually like actual scenes from the movie. Yeah. yeah. So. Uh. So yeah, this is pretty. I mean, regardless of of you know whether. The title is some some combination of those titles, or I'm, I'm sure some someone on the internet is running some kind of algorithm to see all co- possible combinations to figure out whatever the title could be. But um, but yeah, whatever the title is, this is very exciting, and yeah, looking forward to getting more information on Spider Man. I feel like Kendall was it you that just said um, you know, was it last week that you were saying that we we hadn't got anything from Spider Man even though it's coming out later this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The theory that I had that I ran with was that maybe it's connected to WandaVision. You know, maybe yeah, they yeah, couldn't exactly. announce anything because we don't know what the deal is with WandaVision in terms of what the story's about, how the multiverse is, is being, being crafted. Yes. We know that the movie is supposed to tie in in some way. So, um, I mean, if the announcement does come tonight, then that would, that, I mean, that theory, uh, yeah, unless it's called, that, you know, uh, well, I won't spoil anything for one of but, uh, <laughs> assuming it's not, uh, something all along or something like that, then I'm assuming that it's not wanted and related. But, um, with that being said, uh, yeah, this is interesting. Um, you know, I, I would assume that the title is going to be announced tonight. Just given all of the maybe that's wishful thinking, but just given all of the the, the promotional uh, stuff that they've been putting out, it seems like a campaign has started. Um, you know, that's funny. People were pointing out a couple of weeks ago, Toby McGuire just all of a sudden returned to Twitter out of nowhere. Yep. You know, and uh, he hadn't tweeted since 2011. Um, his Twitter not only had he had he not tweeted, he hadn't he still hasn't tweeted, but. His Twitter was inactive, was, and then all of a sudden he reactivated it like a couple weeks ago. So uh, makes you wonder if he's gonna jump in on the mix at some point um, with this promotional campaign as well. But yeah, no, this is this is exciting. I hope we do get something tonight. If we don't, uh, that's fine. Then I'll stick with my WandaVision theory. I was gonna mention though that uh, there was a, there was an interesting tweet from a uh, a, a Hollywood insider. Uh, Eric Weber, who is pr- he's primarily on the Oscars and award season beat. You know that's his specialty. Um, he's not a scooper. He's not a you know a, a superhero guy or whatever. But he but he's a, he, he he tweets about award stuff. Uh, and he said that uh, he got a scoop, not even a scoop, but he just says he has a high level source uh, at Marvel Studios. Um, and he said that his high-level source said that Chloe Zhao, 
quote, crushed Eternals. And that Marvel is, quote, almost in disbelief about what they have on their hands. Which I find interesting. You know, Eternals is not a movie that I've been uh, locked in on, I'll be honest. Um, you know, it hasn't, it's not number one of on my most anticipated Marvel movies, but is that a movie we have to start paying attention to? Last time we were hearing this kind of, these kind of rumblings about a superhero movie, it was Joker. And obviously yeah. Joker ended up no, winning gonna, awards. I thought you were going to say Winter Soldier. But that was probably before. <laughs> yeah, fair play. Well, I mean, yeah. Yeah, technically, yeah. But... Um, but yeah, even then, that's that's another good sign. Certainly, yeah. the last Marvel movie. Yeah. But you know, Marvel hasn't won any Academy Awards. You know, the last uh, time it was nominated was Black Panther, I believe. Um, yeah. For Best Picture, but yeah, hearing that about Eternals is, is you know, it, it, the the antenna started to raise when I heard when I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I think I think you know you know for Marvel to even do the Eternals, I feel like you know you. As we've seen, like, when you're doing those kind of, you know, for lack of a better term, kind of oddball projects, like, you know, you better have a good reason. You better have a really great story and a really great director behind it. Um, so, to me, am I shocked that, like, maybe Eternals is, like, really groundbreaking? And I'll be honest, not really, only just because, to me, for that pitch to even work, like, you got to be super convinced that you have a, a bomb story. And and perhaps, you know, you know Zhao was able to, you know, even surpass their expectations but i think the floor for that movie to me personally i felt was already gonna be pretty high because to me it's like why would you waste your time with a movie that's told centuries and millennia ago and takes through takes you know takes course over the course of time that really isn't relevant per se to the current time that we're in you better have a a, a just a, a crackerjack kind of story so i, I like and, and I think that this is a movie that's going to kind of attract, like, the non-superhero fan. Like, I think I, I get, like, Avatar vibes in terms of what they're trying to do with that film. So, yeah, those, like, Oscar buff kind of people, they may actually fall for something like this. Like, they're not going to fall for your typical suits and capes and stuff. But, <laughs> but like, you know, Eternals, they, they might go for. I mean, it, it seems like, you know, and I'm glad you brought up Avatar, EJ, because it seems like they may be blue Avatar, huh? <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. The blue no, I'm definitely not talking about the last Airbender. No. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. He's not talking about the last yeah, Airbender. Yeah, you, we got to make that distinction. People my age and younger, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we're talking the film Avatar, <laughs> yeah. in the good film Avatar. Um, but uh, Fair enough. but yeah, I'm glad you um, I'm glad you brought that up because when I think about Eternals in terms of film, I think about possibly breaking boundaries in terms of visual effects. Which Marvel Studios is they've won countless awards, I feel like at this point, based on visual effects. It seems like the superhero yeah. award at this point. Yeah. Visual yeah, effects. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the it's the popcorn um, movie award. Yeah. So, Star Wars. So I mean they have plenty of those, but I feel like this movie is gonna try to break some boundaries in turn in in that respect. Best costume design. And the uh well yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, so. Suicide squad. So, make, so make, make, like, makeup artists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. VFX and all that. So I mean Best but, sound editing. But I feel like they're gonna get there. You know, I feel like I feel like this is what they are. Uh, you know, I feel like this is what they're they're. I feel like when it comes to the things that that they would have been, you know, taken aback by. I feel like maybe just just what this movie looks like may have really caught them by surprise. Because I mean, they know what the story is. They've seen the script. I, I would assume they know what the story is, but seeing right. it put together, yeah, and maybe seeing the performances, as it said in that tweet. 
is probably what's taking them, what's right. having them kind of go, wow, this is really good. Um, you know, so, I mean, my expectations aren't, aren't, you know, through the roof. I'm not expecting this to be better than Endgame or better than, you know, um, you know, better than Black Panther or anything like that. I'm right. expecting it to be a good fantasy movie or, or, you know, Marvel's version of, of like a space fantasy, um, in a non-comedic Guardians kind of way. Right. So that's kind of what I expect, and and I have a high, I have high expectations in terms of what I'm gonna visually see. Uh, you know, I think they're going for maybe a wrinkle in time, yeah. maybe kind of like visual. Yeah. You know. Kind and of that thing. that was that was a big theme when they when they when they went with this, and I don't know if Feige had even said this, but like you know, just that was just a big thing between all the people talking about it was that like they wanted to be able to honor what Jack Kirby put on the page right the, when he created the Eternal. Right. Um, and the the imagery. Was a, was a big part of you know what they were trying to shoot for, um, with with the Eternals and you know again we haven't seen anything from the Eternals. The movies should have already come out by now. <laughs> Just sad to think about. But the movie was supposed to have already been out, but we haven't seen anything from it besides some concept art. Um, so I, I mean, look, I'm, I'm super excited now to to really get going with that movie. I I'd been thinking about Shang Chi. It's I weird to me that we even have haven't seen like a trailer or anything. Like that's me is bizarre. Well, yeah, all these movies, it's just I feel like everything is just so paused right now because they don't yeah. know when anything's coming yeah. out. Everything movies is just dead. Shane Chi, Black Widow, all this stuff. You know, but, we, but we've seen. I mean, I guess you know other you know other companies have different you know situations. Some coming out on Netflix or uh, HBO Max, but I guess I just feel like we've seen trailers for other new movies, and like this Eternal movie again is done. It's been done, and we and we have nothing. Crazy. You know what's fascinating? I, I was watching yesterday, and I remember last week I mentioned how I was watching the the phase the phase four Disney, Disney Investor Day announcement. Uh, yesterday I was watching Comic Con twenty nineteen Marvel Studios, and I don't know why I'm, I go I go back and watch all these fighting presentations, but I, but I wanted to I wanted to break it down, see like what what what, what was he saying, what kind of things is he kind of leading us into that I I really didn't pick up at the time. But what I found was interesting was that. When they announced WandaVision, like WandaVision was supposed to come out after like almost a lot of stuff. It was supposed to come out in spring of twenty twenty one. Yeah. You know, we should we shouldn't even even seen WandaVision at this point. They pushed it up, but it was supposed to come after Shang Chi, it was supposed to come after Eternals, after Black Widow, after Falcon and the Winter Soldier. It was supposed to be like the fourth or fifth thing that we had seen in this phase. So to see it now being essentially the first thing is just it's it's interesting. Yeah, but yeah, I yeah. think the reason they did that was to tie it closer to Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange, you know, to keep it closer. On the, on and I think the... also they, you know, I think to tie it to Spider Man because like they they don't have much control over the Spider Man right. release date. Exactly, you know, like Sony is really going to drive that. So, um, so I think they kind of don't have a choice. And I think it is going to mess with their timeline. I think that we're going to end up seeing a lot of movies that are set before the events of Wandavision, or like that won't necessarily. Um, reflect anything that happened in WandaVision because I also it's just a set up. That, uh, when Feige intro- introduced, he, like, he introduced them, you know, Paul Bettany and, and Elizabeth Olsen, you know, Wanda and Vision or whatever. But then when he introduced Wanda back for Doctor Strange, it was like the big surprise. He was like, the Scarlet Witch. And he brought her in. So I thought that was interesting. Wow, that's interesting. That, that That's not nothing to me. You yeah, know, because you know it's it's well documented. I mean, they've never referred to her as the Scarlet Witch. Yeah, it's she's been Wanda. Like, yeah, the Avengers never called her the Scarlet Witch. Marvel she's never referred never to herself as Scarlet Witch. The the Marvel Studios never referred to her as the Scarlet Witch. So any any 
any reference to actually calling her Scarlet Witch is gonna is interesting to me. You know. Yeah. Um. What was I gonna say? Yeah, man. It's uh, it's you know, the Eternal. I'm looking forward to to obviously all this stuff coming out. I just wish they would just get the ball rolling, and start putting this stuff out on, um, on uh, what's it called? Disney, uh, Plus. Disney Plus already. Real quick, and what do you make of you know? You mentioned WandaVision. What do you make of Tom Holland talking about uh, how you know the people on the Spider Man set are like obsessed with WandaVision? Yeah, he says it's his favorite Marvel Studios thing that he's ever seen. Yeah, he says that uh, you know they 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 work on the weekends and on, you know everybody on Saturday set is all talking about the show and giving out their theories. This is interesting, interesting considering this movie was a tie into that show, <laughs> so, right? So, so it's like. And he mentioned, and another thing he mentioned also this week was that like the, it's kind of like they're writing as they go. He said, like, "I don't know, I don't know what to make of a lot of stuff Tom Holland says." In the <laughs> I don't believe that's what he's saying at this point. Once he started saying, he's like, he's like, he's just, "Is he just freestyling?" I think he's freestyling. Now, some of the stuff he's saying is like legit. Like I think he does like Wandavision, but like anything he's saying about what the story's about, like he did say something about like there's a fight team in the movie that they filmed for like up the last month, which is crazy. But um. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I'm still, I'm still waiting to see when it comes to this, what, what, what's the deal with the Spider-Man movie? And again, we may, we may have more, <laughs> we may have more coming tonight, you know. So, yeah. um, we may have a better idea what anything he's talking about <laughs> is because right now it's a lot of, it's a lot of mumble jumbo, you know, because yeah. it's going in a million different directions. Yeah, the, yeah, the, the exact, yeah, exact quote. What he said, I, I, he's read the script in sections, but there is an element of figuring it as we go along with this one. It's just like I, I I don't know how much I can really believe that. It's a, this is like a, a movie that's a multi-million dollar project, hundred million dollar project. Like I can't imagine. Maybe he don't know, but I feel like they know what's going on. Uh, so right. I, don't, I don't I don't know. Um, I, w- I want to talk now though about this uh this uh Zack Snyder piece. So Vanity Fair spoke extensively to Zack Snyder. They did a massive piece on kind of just how we got to this point with where we are now, where we're, again, weeks away from the release of um, Zack Snyder's Justice League. And we got some uh, important details. I know you guys have only read parts of it or, or read, you know, sections of it. I, like Tom Holland's read sections of his script. Um, I, I read the whole thing. I, I was enthralled. I, I thought it was a really well, well done piece. And as soon as I kicked you guys, I do want to shout out the reporter who uh, who did it. But I think some of the bigger takeaways were, were one, kind of uh, Zach kind of laying out exactly, you know, the the departure and what went into that. We've heard a lot of different stories. We've heard that he left on his own accord. We've heard that he's been fired. Um, I think what we got to meet was, and, and you know, with everything, I think you got to read what is being told to you and then kind of interpret it however you interpret it. I interpret the departure being uh, the... You know, he went through a terrible tragedy, and a lot of a lot of um, this article is dedicated to that, and it should be. And I'm glad that I got to learn a lot about Autumn, uh, his uh, stepdaughter, who, um, or his daughter, I don't think he refers to her, his daughter, who, um, his adopted daughter, who he, who uh, committed suicide uh, months, weeks before, months before uh, he ended up leaving the project. And what I got out of it was. He ended up kind of feeling a situation where he went back to work. He felt like that was the best way to honor her legacy and kind of 
go through, you know, cope with whatever pain he was going through. And during that time, as DC and Warner Brothers got more anxious about just like his vision, they started bringing in people that kind of started uh, manipulating the vision in a way that it eventually he got to a point where he realized that had he had stayed on, it would have been a very contentious uh, situation. They, you know, he mentions that Berg and and uh, and Jeff Johns were brought on to essentially be babysitters. Uh, as as DC started to realize that they wanted a project that was, and he says it point blank, they they wanted something that wasn't as dark. Um, that that was indeed the issue that they had, and that these two were brought in to to instill uh, comedy and 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 and, and humor and, and a light tone to this film. He also mentions, you know, Whedon stepping in and Whedon coming into what he thought maybe just write a couple of cool scenes, as he said. That was the exact quote he had to bring some humor and, and help and how, you know, John's recruiting uh, Whedon went much more beyond that. It went beyond just he's coming in to write a few scenes. It became he's actually coming in. He's getting on the set. He's directing scenes. You know, I know a lot of people may not be sports fans who listen to this podcast. But to me, it sounds very much like when, uh, you know, Phil Jackson was, you know, was president of the Knicks and Derek Fisher, who he had coached when he was a player and then eventually became the head coach of the Knicks that he hired, was coaching a team. And Phil Jackson would get on the, on the court and start directing traffic and how that created attention because it's like, hey, like, you know, Jeff, Derek Fisher's a coach. And here's this other guy coming in directing traffic and actually coaching the team. It seemed like that's what we kind of had here. And it led to an untenable situation. And he, as he puts it multiple times, he didn't have the energy to fight them over it because of the tragedy, and therefore he he walked away. And it, essentially, it felt like both parties kind of got what they wanted. I think DC was probably happy to have Whedon really fully step in and really change this movie because they were not happy. He said it with the cut that he showed them, and he showed them his first theatrical draft of the movie, and he got what he needed in that. Like he clearly needed that time away, so. There's a lot of other stuff I want to get to, but just st- sticking on that note, and I, uh, what do you make of, of that kind of whole situation and how it played out from his from his point of view? And do you agree with my um, assessment? Because again, I, I I interpret it maybe a slightly different than he would, given knowing his side of the story now. Um, I mean, it certainly seems. Um, I mean, first off, and I, I, honestly, I I kind of feel like. I when this first happened, I was I, I feel like I, I kind of emphasized the emphasized the whole suicide aspect of sure. this whole situation more. Um, you know, I know there are a lot of reports about oh he got canned and then oh no oh no 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 he left and you know there's a lot of you know kind of two two sides kind of thing but right. um, you know I mean thankfully. I don't know what that kind of loss is like, but I'd imagine it breaks you in a way that, you know, really is probably unimaginable. So, I mean, I, I mean, I can't really say, you know, I'd be, it would be shocking if he were able to really continue and be so focused and as focused and driven as he was before having recently dealt with something like that. So, um, so I mean I think it's good that he's kind of coming out and giving his side of this of this of the of uh, the story so to speak with regards to the situation. Um, I do agree with you that it seems like kind of a both sides getting what they want, you know, situation in the end. 
you know, where they kind of, you know, they saw where the DCEU was heading and in terms of its popularity and, and where things were in the story and and all that. And, and uh, you know, of course, Zach just wasn't, he wasn't there, you know, just mentally, you know, and he just, like I said, he didn't have the energy to really fight DC on these, on these conflicts. So it was kind of a mutually beneficial departure. Um, yeah. Yeah. So... I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I really think that's that's really where it ended up, and uh, you know, um, yeah, it's just it's just a really really kind of sad situation. Uh, but I'm glad. He, sorry, I was gonna say I'm glad he's he's getting the chance to, you know, to finish his project, you know, the way that he wanted it to be finished, the way that he wanted it to be done, and that they really kind of gave him full reign and. You know, funding and the actors coming back and all that, even with COVID and everything else, he was able to get it done. So I think that's really fortunate. And one thing, Kendall, that I also found interesting about this is, you know, again, the back and forth about whether or not he actually was fired or whatever. Especially when it comes to rumors and hearsay and people trying to report stuff. After hearing his side of the story, would, would I call this a firing? No. But here's what I will say. I could totally see someone seeing what's happening and coming to the conclusion, yeah, he was fired. Because, and Kendall, we, we know this all the time in sports too. Sometimes a, work, a, a, a workplace can make an environment so untenable that the person has to resign. Because otherwise, moving forward in that role... Is humiliating and depressing and all those things. And to me, Kendall, I, I, like, it, like the whole confusion around what happened crystallized for me when I heard his story. Because, no, he wasn't fired. But to me, DC and Warner Brothers is horrible in this. Because what I see, look, and, and look, I'll raise my hand and say, I said he should be fired. So let me put that, let me put that in perspective. I didn't know anything about his anything dealing with his family issues or anything like that. But I just want to be put the record straight. I thought that he was they were right to fire him. I didn't like how they rushed through the movie, but I thought that he needed to be removed because he was not the right man to move DC forward. But they look, they look terrible in this, Kendall. This is a man who was dealing with a tragedy, and instead of maybe being honest and maybe being forthright and saying, hey, you're going through a lot. We're not seeing this vision the way you want to do it, we think it's best if maybe we, we go in a different direction. Instead, they kind of did these kind of half-assed measures that ended up making for a very, very uncomfortable work environment, as we now know. And and my impression of it being that, yeah, I could see how someone thought he got fired because they created an environment that was so terrible that, of course, he had to leave. And in the end, we all agree that's kind of what DC wanted. Do you read it that way? Yeah, I mean, I I feel like I don't know. It's so tough to timeline. This was, it feels like it was so long ago, you know. Yeah. So trying to remember what the you know how everything played out because you know again we do this show every week and there's always drama and there's always something happening and right. you know I'd have to yeah. go back and listen. I mean, how many times have we talked about Ray Fisher? In the yeah, past? we talked about Ray Fisher. You know, two years from now, <laughs> he's, 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 he's had a regular block on this show every week. Right. Yeah, no, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Time for the Ray Fisher block. 
No, but um, you know, in two years from now, are we gonna remember like every 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 like the entire timeline of the Reed Fisher situation and how we felt? Because yeah. one week I feel great about Reed Fisher, and the next week, you know, I don't. But you know, I feel like right. the, the Snyder situation, you know, was kind of similar where I felt like you know. There were so there were times where I where you know I I did feel bad for the guy and then there were times where I was I I, I was more so like look I mean like EJ said we you do have to go in another direction and this movie wasn't that great I, and, I, I smart Kendall listen watching reading this article I went through that probably seven times going back to oh man I'm happy he got to do this project like right right what happened to him was terrible and then reading he wanted to have a romance angle between Lois and Bruce and you're like oh my god. I'm glad Warner Bros. saved me from that. Right, <laughs> like, right. It's, it's very, like, he's such a polarizing figure, and nothing to do with his character. His character seems to be exemplary. In fact, that's why I think I do feel torn about every time I talk about him. But, yeah, it's just a weird, it's a very weird dynamic. And so, the, the thing about this article that I didn't like was was how... So, I, I, I liked... Nolan and Deborah Snyder, I did Danny Dota about how they saw it, and they told him, "Don't see this movie; it'll break your heart." I thought that was a cool, thought that was a cool part. But what I didn't like was the Warner Brothers exec saying, "Oh yeah, we knew this movie was 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 awful. We knew we had a trash movie." Oh, um, we, about my Weeding cut. Yeah, about the Weeding cut, and like, I mean, look, I mean, I guess you got to do your job. You got to sell it. You know, it's your business. Can't tell them not to sell a movie, but like. At, like, at what point did they know that movie was bad? And, like, to me, I that that's always the toughest part for me. You know, because you bring in Joss Whedon, you know, allegedly, because, like, I mean, again, we don't know the entire process and, again, how things completely played out. But, like, it seems, at the time, it seemed like, oh, again, you're moving off with Zack Snyder because you don't like what he's doing. You don't like the direction. And you think Joss Whedon will take you in a better direction. And then you ultimately end up with a movie that's clearly worse. Why even? My thing is, why even come out with that movie? Why not push it back further? I mean, money. I know again, there's there's other reasons and there's money and blah blah blah, but like, it's just disingenuous to then even even sell that movie and try and tell me that it's good, you know? So I, I, I and I, I, you, I don't care. If Warner Brothers says in in, in the in the hindsight now, they, and like they're doing that just to sell me on. Does that it feels like Snyder. Exactly. Like, oh yeah, that movie was whack. But this movie was the real one that was supposed to come out. And it's like, why did you get all? Yeah, the you're, yeah, you're the ones that told me that one was trash. Yeah, that one wasn't as good. So I, it's, it's and, all. And, and in it's fact, what's money. interesting is Zach in this article talks about how when they were in negotiations to do this new one, the original idea from Warner Brothers was to say, hey, let's just give us your hard drive and that raw footage, and let's just put it out. Which is crazy. And he was smart to be like, hell no, because he said if I would have done that. That means that they could have then put out this unfinished work and said, see, see, look, it's, it's horrible. Uh, this is what you guys wanted. It's not even a real movie and it sucks. So the uh, people are going to have a lot of different interpretations of this article. I still think it's great, whatever your interpretation. I think everybody should read it. But the one interpretation I think almost everybody will have is just how incompetent Warner Brothers has been. And you could argue they're still kind of still finding their way <laughs> to, to, to do some things that are kind of suspect. Um, because I read that, and that, that was really shocking to me, that they would actually propose putting on putting up an unfinished version 
throwing it on YouTube somewhere. And like, like, come on, that's clear sabotage. Like, they, like Warner Brothers is not stupid. And do they think we were all stupid? I don't know. That 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 was that was that was mighty yeah. suspect to me. Yeah. Um, what did you guys make of uh, Snyder's? To me, this was probably his first true rebuff of any of the abuse we've seen from Snyder cut fans on the internet. Did you guys even see it? To be fair, because I, I know you guys. Didn't read no, I was gonna say what, what was it? What did he say? Because I don't know what he said. So he said, and look, I'll be honest. Well, I'm going to say what he said before I give my thoughts. He said he was basically proposed with, hey, these are basically the the way the article was written. It was kind of like, yo, man, your people are crazy. And this is what they're doing. And his response was, I 100% think it's wrong. I don't think anyone should be calling anyone anything. I've always tried to give people in the fandom attention who do good things. Um, so to be fair, later in the article, Deborah Snyder uh, you know, alludes to the fact that, you know, because of this movie and because of the fundraising around it and the Zack Snyder release to cut drive, that they've raised, they've you know, raised like, you know, half a million dollars for uh, suicide prevention. And she says, quote, people have been saying, oh, they attack people, but this fan base has saved lives. As much as they wanted to something for themselves, they've come together for this amazing cause. You feel so helplessly, helpless trying to help someone and you don't know what uh, what to do is literally life or death, and I feel like we don't, we didn't really know where to turn. People are giving them credit for these quotes. I thought these quotes were kind of uh, very mundane, um, and I think Zach should have been much more forceful than this. Uh, I thought the Deborah quote was kind of nuts. I'll be honest, and I'm not at all trying to minimize that. Because of their situation, because of the the awareness they're trying to raise with superpowers, and that they haven't done great work through this fan base. But for one, Zach kind of just laying it out as I don't think anyone should be called anything. We're not talking about anyone and anything. We're talking about your fans who are relentless on social media and relentless in all ways of attacking anybody who doesn't like. What your movies or or didn't believe that this was a thing, um, and to kind of, and this is the only quote he gave. Like I don't maybe he expanded on this and maybe that it was a bad write up. I don't know, but that just seemed like the very surface level. Like I don't really want to talk much about it. I just don't. I, I don't. I don't address people who who promote hate. I only promote people who do good. And I'm like, I. Okay, I don't know. That that to me, and like, I feel like, you know, thankfully I'm not at the platform to have experienced this abuse, but I feel like had I was, had I been in that position, oh, I would have gotten just barbecued on social media by the Zack Snyder Cut fans because I am someone who is not like a lot of what Zack Snyder has done for DC. And I've seen them just viciously go after people. And again, Deborah, they've been through so much, and I, I do give them a lot of slack. But, no, you can't talk about, well, some people got attacked, but look how much money we 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 raised for suicide prevention. It, it can't be that callous. There's got to be more thought behind. There are some people in our fan base that are doing great things, but at the same time, that doesn't excuse what's happening. That's what you say. It can't be an excuse, the attackers, because they're also doing some good work. So, 
I give them both a lot of slack because I think that because of their particular situation, given what they're trying to raise attention to, what their cause is, I, I understand that I'm maybe going to see it in the way. But I think to be presented with examples of abuse that's obvious and that you don't really have to be presented. You're just online. You see it. And for this to kind of just, I, I, I thought of all, Zach looks great in a lot of this. Um, I mean, no, I mean in terms of like personality wise, like you end up rooting for him. I, I wrote like anybody could absolutely connect to this sort of redemption. I thought him and Deborah in this moment, which I think was important, really, really came up a little small to me. But I don't know. That's how I take it. What do you think, Shane? Um, uh, I don't know. I mean, I think I, I think I'm more on the opposite side of the spectrum, honestly. Um, and probably, probably because I see a lot of this in other, in other <laughs> fandom, in other fandoms, in other, <laughs> all kinds of fandoms. Where, where, sure, like, now, now, broadcast. now, EJ, I understand what you say, like, they probably shouldn't, don't need to bring up examples, but I kind of feel like they should, if they wanted that kind of heartfelt response, because I feel like anyone can ambush any famous person and be like, so what do you think about the hate? Of, of your fans doing online and be like, well, I will. And then they probably say, I feel like I'd probably say, I don't support, well, well, I don't support any kind of hate. Yeah. Anyone that's hating anybody, I don't support it. Yeah, yeah. But I'm glad that. <laughs> yeah, this goes and to then, music, this goes to sports. And then they move on to something know. else. And, and I've seen it in, in politics with people. <laughs> well, and, yeah, that's a whole and, other thing. Well, that's a whole other thing. But I've seen it, I've seen it in all other things. They're like, what are you doing about your supporters? What are yeah. you doing about, you know, so and so online that said this or that? And it's like, you know, I mean, I don't know. I mean, as long as they, as long as they, they say I don't support hate, I don't support bullying. Well, they don't say I, I, I love you. You're special to me. <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, right. Of course, not, as long as they're not doing nothing like that. But honestly, I'm, I'm. I, I mean, I think I, my demeanor. Very I, great people I, I on both sides. I tend to be. Jeez, <laughs> I tend to be very forgiving of, right. of that kind of. You know, and again, like you said, as long as it's not to that level of right. oh, very fine people or anything like that, <laughs> it's like I tend to be very forgiving of of people when it's like, what are you doing? If you put about, Snyder about in a tough fans. spot, there you put him in a tough spot because, yeah. on the one hand, like again, those are his people, and again, like he went through something that and was he, very traumatic, and, he and he's got to, yeah, exactly. and so like these are people that he does connect with, yeah, and he doesn't level, and he doesn't know how many of these people are those evil right people. exactly and yeah. so when you all encompass anything like that so you know, I, I feel like i feel like whatever he he says is gonna boil down to are you a I snyder mean, fan or are you not a snyder fan it's gonna boil down to i don't support hate right right i don't support anyone that hates on anybody online or right. bullies anyone online right and i support my fans right essentially right it feels a little yeah. all-encompassing you know in terms of you've got there is a feeling of like, oh, there's a, there's the the pro Snyder people and the anti Snyder people, and the pro Snyder people, you know, a lot of them have a certain energy that is, you know, and it's like, I mean, for from Snyder's perspective, yeah. you know, do you want him to black to right. anything he says that's like, too negative is gonna look like he's blasting exactly. that his entire yeah. fan, which is why I say if, he, if you bring up something, if he were to say, oh well, this, you know, so and so, you know, Steve. Steve Harvey 0652 said, <laughs> you should go jump off a bridge because you don't like Zack Snyder's movies. He'd probably say, well, that's a horrible thing to say, yeah. and he shouldn't have said yeah, that. He doesn't represent And I don't support fan. that. Yeah. He doesn't represent my fan base. He probably would have gone on a tirade. Right. But he'd just say, what do you say about your fans online? It's like, well, I don't support any kind of hate. Right, right. You know? and, and, and I mean, look, could he have been more unequivocal and passionate sure. about it? Yeah, 100%. Sure. 
you know. Um, but I, I'm not. I'm not expecting that of him in this moment. But right, that is, it's a tough spot. I'm not. I'm not going to be like. You know, it's a tough spot. Uh, you know, it's a complex issue. Um, yeah. That I don't think that there's a right or wrong answer to. Yeah. But. Um, but you know, I mean, I, I see but, both sides. But, I, but here's my here's my thing on it though, guys. I I just feel a way about. You, you, the cause that you're fighting for is mental health pertaining to suicide prevention. And they didn't allude to any of this involving Autumn um, and her tragedy. But an element of suicide prevention is anti-bullying. But that's that's a huge element. That's a, like we talk about how do we how do we combat it? That's one of the number. It's like a top three thing that I can think of, probably. So when you're approached with your people are bullying people, people are nasty online, and and the response, and maybe the response to me, I guess, is feels a little bit. I feel Zach's response maybe feels a little off because of then what Deborah said, because I think when you combine them, I think it looks worse. Zach's kind of talking about like not hating, not agreeing with hate on a general generic basis. It's like, okay, we're talking about your people though, not on a generic basis. And and then Deborah's like, she kind of she kind of shoots them bail. I mean, she's like, hey, they attack people, but they're saving lives. It's like, right. Well, but, that's like, her they, saying that. That's her using again, again the thing that I was mentioning where like again, right. it feels very all encompassing. So she's saying, look, if you're telling me about just all of our fans, there are some of them that do that. Then there are also some of them that do that. You know, I think that was her argument. You know, if if you're being more specific about, you know, maybe look, maybe that's her like just using her own interpretation of. What I just think is. you guys. I think I think you guys are just giving yeah. them way too much a pass on like no knowledge of what their people have been doing on the internet for the last four years. I think they know. One hundred percent. I think they know. I mean, I don't, but yeah, to me, if you know, then like it doesn't have to be a. Here's now, ten examples. Think, Talk to it. It should just be a. You know what's out there. What even do you that have to say about like, it? What are what their people are doing? It's not all their people. You know what I mean? No, of course not. And we, and I and I know that. I but, would also say there's there's people bullying on both sides. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. You know why don't you go do X Y A B C X Y Z? Right, right, right. You know there are Snyder fans that are getting bullied out here. Right, it's a bad. I, I, can, I can tell you, test that person. It's a toxic. Look, it's a toxic environment. It's a complex issue. That's why I say, you know, that's why I say it's like it's just people. I, on I the don't. Internet I, I, you nasty. know, I don't feel strongly about this really one way or the other. I don't think they feel strongly about it. I think that was, I, and I think right. that was their. That was. That's why they didn't give a more. Like, but that's that's a problem, guys. That's a problem, a problem to me. If you don't feel strongly enough about it. And I totally, I totally, totally believe in their cause for suicide prevention. But if you don't feel strongly about people saying, hey, your fans in particular are on one and it relates to bullying, that is a problem. I like, I have a problem with that. Like, I'm not, I, they're doing great work. Oh, God, you scared me. Um, <laughs> sorry, my girlfriend just like ran up on me. Um, they're doing great work. Um, they're, they're, they're They've been through an incredible mind tragedy. And and I don't expect them to be perfect on this because of what they've been through. But I only bring this up because I think it's important because their, vo- their voices are important. And I'm hoping that maybe not today, but maybe next year or maybe two years from now or three years from now, maybe they'll be in other situations or maybe when they're asked about this again, they can speak to it differently. 
this first crack at yeah. the, and first of all, the fact that we haven't heard anything from them about this for four years is even a little weird. But yeah. now this is your first crack, and I get a again read the quote one more time. I get a uh, I don't think anyone should be calling anyone anything, and uh, oh, they attack people, but the fan base is saving lives. Uh, that's not gonna cut it for me, man. That's not gonna cut it for me. That's not that that's that's not good enough. And I'm hoping they can do better in future instances in talking about this because, again, it's 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 a problem how their fans have been acting. It is like I Come and, and and some and look, there are people. <laughs> Dude, I think and let me and let me, and let me say this. Look, What's there the are reporters out there. Like there are, fans right. Of the Snyder cut that are being abusive and threatening to people online. Yeah. Let me say this. Let me say this. There are absolutely and there are absolutely reporters and commentators who have definitely held a grudge against Zack Snyder. And I don't even know why. Like I, I would hope someone doesn't think I have a grudge against him. I was really excited by BVS and was extremely disappointed. Um and like but like there are there, you see reporters that are just like I they write biased headlines or biased like the way you can just see it in the how it's written and you see I can see how that infuels people to be upset but it doesn't excuse a large number of his fans i'm not saying it's all of them i'm not even gonna say it's a majority of them but it's enough to make a difference we don't have this conversation about marvel fans we don't have this conversation about uh a lot of other fan bases about a lot of different things we have it about star wars but to me if you're talking about what are the two most aggressive in your face fan bases right now it's star wars and then it's the people for this one director. It's very weird. I mean, and I don't he's got to. He's in Hollywood. He's got to know that. Like, they, like I don't believe. I'm not saying you're saying that, but I don't believe that he just is like, oh, I don't know what's going on. I, I mean, maybe you didn't know it early on because of the tragedy he's been through. But the last year or two years, you didn't see hear or see anything about this. I mean, you talk to some of these trades that their reporters are being attacked and bullied. <laughs> like you're having conversations with them. You're being interviewed by them. You have no idea what some of their reporters and their commentators have gone through over the last two years? I mean, so, do I you think he supports any of this? And, 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 that's not, I'm not saying he supports it. I'm not saying he supports it. I'm saying you know, that in order to... I already got the... If, I, if he got the message across to me that he doesn't support any of this stuff, then to me, that... that is, again, that's, per, that's enough but for it, me. But, but I'm not saying... It's not about support, though. It's about It's about coming out to forcefully say this is not what I want because it's it just like and like I don't want to equate this to being a politician but if you're the leadership of a movement which I would argue he is because he even though the fans started it he participated in the movement he admits that he did the the not that admits the bullying I'm talking about the the release the Snyder Cut he was promoting the pictures and throwing out the hashtag if you're the leader of a movement you have some responsibility and if there's something that's coming, becoming awry with the movement, saying something to say, this is not what we want. This is not, I don't want that. Because there's a chance that maybe some of those folks who have gotten radicalized, so to speak, will pull back a little bit. You're not going to get all of them. Because some of these people are just bad people oh. who just want to fight people. But if you can get just some of them to maybe chill, that could make a lot of people's lives better. And again, you're talking about mental health. And anti-bullying and how that encompasses suicide prevention. If this is the cause that he's taking up, and he absolutely shouldn't, he's doing a great job. Just this aspect of it, he just—I think both uh, him and Deborah—they just gotta, they gotta be more up on this. It can't just be a well, they're saving lives. That's this. It sounds is a very dismissive quote to me. 
and I and I, you know, I can't get a I don't I don't support hate. I know that. Like I'm giving you enough credit. Why I know you don't support hate, Zack Snyder. Everyone that dealt with said you're a great guy. I'm talking about what do you think about your fans abusing and attacking people? What do you have to say to them? He ain't <laughs> yeah, giving us I mean, enough. Yeah, I mean, I now I, I honestly, and as as a, as a Zack Snyder fan, as someone that follows his his movies, his I know he has a zealous fan base. Uh, EJ, I'm gonna be honest with you. I have seen very little, like re- like really disgusting examples of horrible, <laughs> horrifying hatred right. to the point where I would say, Zach, you gotta say something. Is there like I have now? Now this is coming from me, which is why I would argue I could see it where he doesn't see it as like. Yo, my people are out of control because I don't. I haven't seen that, <laughs> right. and I'm a I'm a fan. Now, and I follow it, his stuff. Now, is it like so? Like I see a lot of fandom yeah. stuff. I see a lot of excitement. There's a lot of uh, release the Snyder cut. Is there like I haven't some seen more, a lot of it, you're stupid. You right. should go do this or that. Right. Is it, and I'm a Star Wars fan. I see a lot of that. Is there some like defensiveness yeah. or like uh, you know? Uh, there's defensiveness. Yeah, there's a defensiveness. There's a you I know, haven't you gotta seen, build up the shield. I haven't seen to protect the movie. Like there is that. I energy. haven't seen you're attacking someone's mental health or you're bullying them because they're you know black or or or, or any or anything Even, to the yeah, point where I'm like, right, right. yo, this is disgusting. Anything to the point where I'm like, these people. Someone's got to do something. Or even, like, to the Star Wars level. Right, You know, right. to a point where I'm like, yeah, Lucas, the Star Wars fan base, you know, you know, there's a lot of issues there. And Lucasfilm hasn't said nothing about it. Yeah, until, and, like, and, a couple months ago, like, a couple until weeks very ago. recently. And I haven't even criticized them. Oh, about and, Lucas, it. and Lucasfilm, they've, they've been a disaster. Like, yeah, been which, I mean, that's a, a whole other. disaster. Yeah, and, I'm not kind of, and they have, and, like, to me, like, that's why my beef was that isn't crazy, because they're, they're a corporation. They're a company. Like, well, yeah, exactly. like their inability to handle that is way more grotesque and, like, unforgivable. Yeah. I'm giving Zach a lot of credit and saying I think that, again, maybe it's something that he can't address now, but he can in the future. I I, I would say, Sham, again, I, I, I think that... I, I just... I, I don't know. I, I would disagree. I feel like it's definitely out there. Now, the question is, what do you define as abuse or harassing? I don't know. Like, I don't want to, like, bring people up for the sake of just name-dropping people, but... Uh, I follow Roxy Stryer, and she, for years, was like, Zasanara Cut doesn't exist. And, look, just like me, or just like a lot of people who have been kind of, like, not a fan of what Zack Snyder has done, can't can there be a little bit of, like, a, a, a snide attitude about it and stuff? Yeah, absolutely. There was with her. Now, she's flipped to, like, now that, you know, of course, the movie does exist. First of all, she got harassed endlessly about the movie actually existing. And now anytime she tries to say anything positive about being excited for the movie, all it is is just dozens of people being like, I thought it didn't exist, Roxy. I thought it didn't exist. What's going on? And it's like, and that's why I feel like you probably got to see like certain examples, but it's there. I, like, it might not be if you're just following Zack Snyder kind of casually. You might not see it. But I think if you're on yeah. social media a lot, which I am, and again, I haven't experienced it, but yeah. people I follow or stories I follow, then you kind of go through rabbit holes and be like, oh, man, this is and that's, becoming way more intense than yeah. I thought it would be. You know, this and Twitter that's why I, think, that I thought it was like nothing. Think, and that's why I think, like, you know, comparing it to – and like you said, I, I don't really like comparing it to politics either because I know it's different. Yeah, yeah that's why I think – The stakes are different. The man. stakes are different, very different. But that's why I think presenting examples 
is honestly critical because because otherwise if you don't follow that you the 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 percentage is so minimal or just or just so negligent and again any of it (laughs) and and again it it depends on the level because like even the example where you look at like you you mentioned a roxy stryer or a john campier like they they get that kind of they get that kind of heat but i don't think snyder cares that much about that i'll be honest like that kind of stuff where it's like oh you were a non-believer ha ha the Snyder Cut's real, like, I think, I'm not saying he, yeah, like, supports it, it, but I don't think he cares. I don't think you know, I, I think mean, the only yeah. thing that he needs to be, like, really strict about it, again, it's just the really hateful is stuff. Is it someone is, like, really, cyber-stalking, I, yeah, bullying, really bullying to the kind point of stuff. where it's, like, yo, Like, if somebody people. is trolling me about the fact that Snyder Cut exists, yeah, it's I don't, like, it's like, yeah. oh, you got me, man. Yeah, it's you like, know, like, I'm, my, I'm not going to Yeah, my thing is, like, get off my page. You want to block the person, you can block the person. I mean, I don't know. Is that Zack Snyder's responsibility? I, do I think that he should talk him down? Sure. Um, but again, it's, it's a complex issue. Um, you know, it, it, you know, we could go back and forth. I mean, I feel like he, 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 you know, he looks at it, and again, if it's an all-encompassing thing, I think for the most part, they look at their fan base with a in a lens of positive, in a lens of positivity. Yeah, I think they understand I mean, there yeah. are some crazies out there. Um, way and, more than like and, the, a Marvel fan base, and but I, and I think Zach understands there are crazies everywhere. He knows there are psycho people in his fan base. Yeah, there's psycho people in every fan base. Yeah, I mean and, Ariana Grande has psycho fans. Justin Bieber yeah. has psycho fans. The Kardashians have psycho. I mean, fans. I think he understands that, and I think that's why he said I don't support. I don't support any right. any kind of anger or hatred to, to anybody because I know it's out there, but I don't support it. Right. You know, I know it's out there from my people and against my people. Yeah. You know, I guess my fan who's just a nice casual you know young snyder fan that's being told that his his taste in movies is stupid and objectively wrong yeah. and he yeah, should man. go do this or that and whatever yeah. it's a toxic you know, world out there man it's it a toxic is a toxic world, world for sure and yeah and i'm sure I, I don't think he i don't think either you know of course as you said ej I don't, I, neither of them i'm sure supports any kind of hate and they probably does that feel a little they, like they, bare minimum probably, probably be, but they would probably be appalled if they saw any of the any of the really hardcore disgusting bullying Right. Coming from his fans, I don't know what the percentage of that is, but I, I don't think they know. I mean, to be completely honest, I, I really don't. To the point where they would be like really disturbed. I, I don't think they know. I, I think they're 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 very much unaware, or they think it's so negligent to the point where they'd be like, I mean, that that's a am I response? Yeah, I'm not responsible. That's a crazy person. Guy. I don't support them. Yeah, why, but, why would I be responsible for like, that guy? <laughs> if we had fans that were like doing crazy stuff, I, you know, again, if, if once you get to a certain level of having that many fans, yeah, like you can't be responsible for like thirty right. crazies. Yeah, you know, like <laughs> it, you know, it comes to a level. Yeah. You know, it, it, unless you are stoking the, the hatred, which I don't think exactly <laughs> stoking anything. Absolutely you know, not. About, I don't like, that either. You know, politicians yeah. that stoke yeah. hate and stuff, right. when people go out and do stuff, that's right. on that well, guy. Yeah, that's disgusting. But, like, when the guy's not doing anything and just, oh, I'm a fan of the guy, so I'm going to back him up. Like, that is a level where I can't blame the guy for, <laughs> for not, you know, I don't know, for that stuff happening. Yeah, you know so I, mean? I, I, I tend to be more 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 forgiving, personally, of, of, uh, of Zach. I feel like his spouse could have said more. Um, but, but Zach, I, you know, I, I don't, I don't think, you know, for what he said, I mean, to me personally, based on, you know, where he's at with the film and everything, his feelings about it, I feel like he said enough, enough for me personally yeah. to be like, and he's had a positive, he's had a really positive point in his career. Right. Yeah. You know, I don't think he really wants to, you know, get into a discussion about, about, you know, either blasting his hand about your people are bullies and, and yeah. 
tell them to yeah. say no. That's a tough. It's an awkward conversation. Uh, last thing on this, we've been on it for a while. Uh, not on this, but just on the Snyder uh, uh, article. There's two things I thought that were also interesting. I want quick thoughts on. Uh, well, not, not thoughts on both of them. But one, we learned that he's not getting paid for this project, which he yes. said he thinks gives him great agency, which I would agree. Uh, I think that's really neat that um, I don't know if I agree with him. I think that corporations should pay creators for their work. I don't necessarily love the, the, the precedent that sets, but I think the fact that he's so passionate about this movement forward and he, that he felt like, again, that this gives him a lot more leeway, I think is pretty cool. Um, I just hope that doesn't maybe affect other creators in the future. What I will say is there's supposedly this mind-blowing cameo at the end that Ryan Reynolds claims is not him. Does anyone have a guess who this could be that's mind-blowing according to Vanity Fair? Uh, I mean, your first your first thoughts go to Green Lantern, Manhunter, Martian Manhunter. Um, which wouldn't be mind blowing because they've kind of already suggested he's in the movie. Yeah, uh, yeah, especially Martian Manhunter. I yeah. feel like I'm feeling more and even general. I'm feeling more Green Lantern, maybe. Um, <clears throat> even Green Lantern, like I feel like that's not expected, but like not surprising. Yeah, if Green Lantern showed up, like not shocked. That's why I'm like mind blowing would be like. I mean, the, the era that we live in, like, mind-blowing is, like, someone from a different universe or a prior universe or something like that showing up, which I know sounds crazy, but, like, if we're talking about just characters in the DC universe, I don't know if there really are any mind-blowing cameos that I could expect. Yeah, I mean, if you're telling me Darkseid is in the movie already, then, like, I don't know what... I don't know who else you can tell me. We got Deathstroke in the last movie, and that's, that. you know, we... And they said hardcore fans, I believe, right? Uh, I don't remember the exact quote. I feel like I feel like the wording was like mind blowing for hardcore fan, which mm-hmm. is interesting. So it doesn't seem like it's like somebody that's like, I mean, it could be somebody big, but like, yeah, you know, seems like you know somebody like uh, we would like bug out about more than the, mm-hmm. the average Joe would bug out about, which would be maybe like Martian Manhunter, but I don't know. Joker's already in it. We know yeah, Joker's, Joker's already in it. We know Joker's in it. Um, I think we're set up to be very disappointed. <laughs> that's why I'm asking the question. Because I, I agree. Yeah. I, I think it, if it's Green Lantern or Martian Manhunter, it's like, okay. Like, that's something, like, it's a good cameo, but, like, to describe it as mind-blowing, now they kind of set up, I feel like they kind of set up Zach to fail. Because it's like, all right, well, now he's got to deliver something. That's the only thing that would be mind-blowing. I don't think this is happening. No, I'm not even going to say it because it's so stupid. The thing I was going to say was, <laughs> it would be mind-blowing. <laughs> but, because I'm just thinking about, right, where's DC going? And I'm like, I mean, is The Rock showing up? But, like, I highly, highly doubt. That yeah, would no. that would definitely be probably that kind of cameo, but that goes beyond hardcore fans. That's mind blowing in general. Yeah, but they wouldn't do that in this movie. Shazam would be like cool, but yeah, that is. What that yeah, is. I don't know. Maybe somehow, I don't know. I, I I don't know. I couldn't even tell you. Yeah, I don't know. It's very weird. Anyway, uh. Everybody, you have to go check out the Vanity Fair article. It's a lot in there. We didn't even get to a lot of stuff to talk about. We, I didn't think we talked about even this long. Um, but, uh, but it, you know, Zack Snyder, man, he's a lightning rod. Everything about this Justice League project is a lightning rod. So even the conversations regarding the past, the present, and the future for him um, is all still, as you guys can see or hear, very um, live passion infused in these kind of conversations. Speaking of the future of Justice of uh, DC, we learned a, a pretty major casting this week. 
Sasha Kaye has been cast to be Supergirl. Um, I actually had posted the video uh, on uh, our on, our, on my social media Twitter page uh, of her getting the word from uh, Andy Muschietti that he was being cast as Supergirl. Very emotional, really awesome stuff. Um, obviously, casting Kaye, you know, first Latina to definitely play the role of uh, Supergirl, and you know, one of the first Latinas in this DC universe that they are creating might be the first in terms of a, a superhero. Um, we had Diablo, we had Renee Montoya, but you wouldn't consider either of those superheroes. So, um, I, well, here's what I will say, though. I feel like, I don't know if maybe, like, the, uh, trying to be nice here. What word do I want to use? The contrarian, uh, contrarian is not the right word, probably. The opponents for whenever there is some kind of uh, race switching that happens. I feel like they're, whatever their issues are, we don't, like, really hear from them anymore. Cause I thought this would cause way more issues. And I just haven't really seen that. Um, I think people are more hip to uh, what's controversial and what's not. I think a lot of people now they kind of use our our, our view metric, on our metric. Yeah, our metric um, for the most part. Um, and look, there's going to be one that's going to shake us up at some point. You know, I look. I oh think yeah, it's going to happen. More gotta be careful what they're going to do with Professor X Magneto because that's going to be a yeah, that's going to be a controversial one if they if they decide to move off them. Um, but, uh, you know, yeah. right now, I mean, the one that seems most likely to happen is Reed Richards, given that, uh, you know, uh, whatchamacallit, Kang is, is being played by Jonathan Majors. But, uh, but yeah, I think people have gotten more hip to, like, you know, it doesn't really matter unless it, unless it matters in the story. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Supergirl's script, she's an alien. <laughs> a literal alien yeah. from another planet. Yeah. So you should look at it anyway. You know, you know, look. I mean, we know there are uh, black Kryptonians. Out there. That's it's it's pretty sure it's canon yeah. in all in all iterations of Superman that Kryptonians yeah. can be of any skin color. Yeah, man. For sure. You know, so so <laughs> so yeah. I mean, General's uh, out being played by Walter from Arrow. <laughs> 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 Yeah, so, I mean, come he on. did a good job too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he did his thing. Yeah, he was great. Yeah, so so we can, um, so yeah, let, uh, Latina Supergirl, totally buy it. Um, you know, uh, it'll be interesting to see it in terms of, like, so is this is is, uh, um, so is so I'll be interested to see what her household was so did she grow up in like a hispanic household does she speak spanish is she from uh, that's, gonna, hispanic... that's, that's gonna be an interesting thing like how do they how do they juxtapose that because no yeah because like, yeah. like there's something important about you know casting a, a, a colombian to play such a iconic character but like what do you like do you strip away all of her latin roots latina roots by Doing Supergirl, like how's like well, like how's that gonna work? Like she is she gonna be is she gonna come down? Is she gonna be raised by Mom and Pa Kent? Like, or is she gonna be you know raised by Mom and Pa Danvers? <laughs> yeah, Mom and Pa Danvers, who are not Latina. You know, like like I don't know. Like Denver that's Farm. gonna be very fascinating. How they how they just suppose that? So, I think that I think that there could be some issues with. Casting a, a Latina and giving her no, no Latina soul, so to speak, 
in the yeah. character. It's just, yeah. I mean, it's just, you know, and, and in one day you say, well, maybe that's like a sign of progress, but I don't know. I, I don't, I think that that could come off really weird. Yeah, these things, you know, as we see, you know, I always like to say these things are very complex. You know? <laughs> yeah, you, you said, Kendall, this, these things are very complex probably like five times. Yeah, I know. You know, but, you know, I feel like you just broke it down where it's like, I feel like either way, you know, it's going to be controversial. Yeah, it's going to be, be, be a little sticky. <laughs> it's going to be a little sticky either way. They just got to be ready. They just have to have a good reason, a good explanation for how they do things, and I'll be fine. But um, to me, it's. It's an interesting move. I mean, again, even like, you know, Shamari mentioned it when, when when the news broke. I mean, how do people feel about the fact that, like, look, this is Flashpoint. Like, it's like just some, like, alternate universe. You know, how people, how people feel about that? Yeah, yeah, dimension. You know, that, that kind of controversial? Yeah, like, that, oh, yeah, not the just, real Supergirl. Oh, this is that other Supergirl. <laughs> you know, I mean, there's so many different ways you can look so at it. Can't this be so where this is, uh, this could be uh, taken a million different ways. But, um, but no, yeah, this is, uh, I mean, I'm excited. I'm excited to see a, a new portrayal because, look, I mean, I, I really liked Melissa Benost, and I didn't need another Supergirl. When they announced that they were doing Supergirl, I was, uh, I was, I was very not. Uh, uh, very. Are going to get a Supergirl movie? Well, yeah, yeah. Wasn't, when they, wasn't that supposed to be? A thing? Yeah, you know, and I think um, that's going to be Kaya. Yeah, at this point, that's what. It, that's I, ho- what I hope it, I'm pronouncing her name right. I think it's Kaya. Um, and I, to me, I wasn't excited about Supergirl. I liked Melissa Benoist. I didn't need... I was fine with the show ending, but I didn't need another Supergirl. Um, so to do this, I really still don't need another Supergirl. I'm not, not like this move like, now makes me like super excited, ultra excited for Supergirl. But, it you know, it livens up the character a little bit. So, I'm, I mean, I'm fine with it. Um, again, I'm not, I'm not jonesing for a Supergirl movie, but there may be people out there that are. So, you know, I, you know I'm, not, I'm not always excited for every, every Supergirl movie, but... Lucietti said yeah. there was more than 400 auditions for this role. Yeah, and that, I believe that's also something that suggested that they hopefully there was were looking business. for a, an Hispanic actress. I think I saw like there was a casting call or like mm. some of the other people that were involved, something like that. Like something that like this wasn't like situ- a situation where they didn't really care. And, you know, they just went with anybody and like we'll make it work. Like they were going for they're going for a specific story, a specific yeah. look. And and apparently, Hamada Hamada himself was very involved in the casting as well. This doesn't read to me alternate universe one and done thing. This is this is DC Supergirl. Yeah. Yeah, hopefully she does a good job. Hopefully this Flash movie is uh is good. I mean I'm I'm still bugged that we haven't heard anything about Israel Miller, but uh she can get onto that right now. <laughs> but <laughs> you wanna have another hour long conversation about someone who's a lightning rod this podcast. That's <laughs> Miller that's where we'd go. We talk about him. Yeah, they they gonna they gonna just they gonna just act like we just forgot. Oh man, that's what I they're doing. Told you that was that was that was, that was the move <laughs> from a, from a, from a, and well, it'll come it'll come back it, it'll come back. But yeah, Jesus better Christ. Uh, um, shout out to Sasha Kaye. Um, yeah, man, shout always out. good to see. I mean, yeah. that 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 video of her getting emotional, being told like I don't know those kind of things. I guess you know I you uh, know we're we're creators as well. We're obviously not actors or anything. But when you're creating and trying to make it big, like, I think, to me personally, anytime I see anybody, like, earn some kind of great, like, you know, role or job or anything, and they get emotional about it, I get emotional, like, watching it. Because, like, I know, because just like we grind as hard as we grind on this podcast and this YouTube channel and the late nights and the long days it takes to shoot and edit and things like that, like, 
that and you know someone like Sas Kay has been through probably a million auditions and done all this other crazy stuff, and then you get to you know the opportunity of a lifetime. Like I I can't help but always uh, you know say like man, congrats. Like that's what that's what's up. Um, and see again, see a, a person of color get that kind of role roles that for decades you know people of color were just told that just weren't for us. Just, just it was impossible. Um, whether we like it or not, like in terms of whether it's the right thing to do. Um, and I believe it is. It's still, it's like to see these kind of people who are being put in these positions. It's still, it's still dope. Um, I, I'm gonna, I want to talk now about uh, another uh, story in terms of like kind of like a groundbreaking uh, Latino news regarding uh, DC. Uh, Blue Beetle finally has a director. So uh, the director of Charm City Kings, Angel. I'm not sure if it's Angel or Angel, so forgive me um, if, it's, if it's Angel or Angel. I'm just going to say uh, uh, Angel uh, Manuel Soto has been uh, hired to direct the uh, Blue Beetle movie that they're working on. Um, Gareth Dunnett, Alistair, is already uh, writing that script. Um, and it's the, the movie, of course, will indeed be centered around the Jaime Reyes Blue Beetle, who is, of course, Mexican-American. Uh... There's a statement that was put out by Soto. He said, it is an honor to direct Blue Beetle, the first Latino superhero film for DC. I want to seriously thank everyone at Warner Brothers and DC for trusting me to bring Jaime to life. I can't wait to make history together. Guys, you know, as soon as I heard this news, and I'm, I'm always off on the days when we usually record this podcast, so it was a Tuesday, I, record, I was off. And I was like, you know what? I don't got really anything planned per se. Why don't I check out Homeboy's work? So I, I, I fired up the Xbox and then put it on HBO Max. And I watched uh, Charm City Kings, which is a movie that had been very much on my periphery. I wasn't, not to say that I was like waiting to watch it, but I had heard things about it every now and then because I'm a huge hip-hop fan and Meek Mill is in the movie and he plays a fairly prominent role. So I was like, all right, let me give this a shot. That was just two hours. I was like, oh my gosh, two hours, okay. I really got to sit in here and, and, and kind of get comfortable. Man, came away thoroughly impressed with uh, Angel Manuel Soto. As a director, that movie is fantastic. I feel like everybody should watch it if you get a chance. If you love the coming of age stories like Juice, uh, like ATL, um, those kind of movies, you'll I think you'll love Trump City Kings. It's very much in that spirit and does really give you a tr- what I felt like was a really true, authentic kind of feel. What what's bad? What what growing up in West Baltimore is like. Um, and and seeing that project and seeing what he did with that. Makes me super excited for Blue Beetle. There are some aspects, obviously, that aren't in, from a movie about you know dirt biking in in uh, in Baltimore that you're not going to bring to Blue Beetle. But I think some of the, like the interpersonal, familial uh, relationships. I think some of the uh, shooting for action sequences, given that you know there's a lot again a lot of dirt biking and things like that. Like I think that there are some aspects from that film that I can certainly see him bringing to a movie like Blue Beetle, being really excited. Obviously, he's not Mexican and Latinos are not a monolith, but having a Mexican writer and him being Latino himself, I think that there's a a, a high level of of confidence I have that they're going to be able to really do a great job with this. So I'm now really super excited for uh, for Blue Beetle, and I became an Angel Manuel Soto fan after watching Trump City Kings. Go check that out. It's on HBO Max. Really good movie. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I'm very excited about this. Uh, I do want to check that movie out. EJ, you're giving a glowing review, so I gotta check it out. Um, I think this is great. I mean, you, I mean, we all we all love Blue Beetle 
on this For podcast. Sure. Jaime Reyes, very awesome character. Love seeing him in Young Justice. Yeah. I enjoy seeing him in Injustice too. Also, that was a pleasant surprise. I also love seeing him in Batman Brave and the Bold too. Yes, Batman Brave and the Bold. Uh, he's a great character. Uh, so I'm very excited to see uh, to see this movie as a talented director. It seems so. I'm, I'm uh, that talented Latino director is very that that's great. I feel like this is this could be you know uh, I feel like it could have kind of like you know far from, not far from home. What am I talking? Uh, Spider Verse vibes a little bit, mm-hmm. yeah. not but just not animated, more live action, kind of like that coming of age kind of like story. Um, but, but just, you know, with a Latino lead, which is something we haven't had yet in this, in this, you know, space. Um, and I think that may be, you know, uh, you know, I think that's important just to see period. Um, so I think it's great. Um, I'm not, I'm obviously I'm not a member of the Latino community, but I think, I think this would be a good thing just to, to more representation, the better. So. Uh, so yeah, I think this is a good thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, Blue Beetle. Um, shout out to Humberto Gonzalez for getting the scoop here. Yeah, he, shout out. Uh, he broke in 2018 that they were developing Blue Beetle. Um, I guess he was right. <laughs> you know, I mean, if we talked about it on yeah, the show, questions. I probably was. I probably said this is never coming out. Kendall, you had a lot of doubt. <laughs> <laughs> I almost certainly didn't think this was coming out. So, uh, shout out. You know, for him getting that scoop, but uh, yeah, this is this is interesting. You know, Blue Beetle character, like you said, they've certainly pushed Timey Ray's character um, in recent years uh, in the animated space and kind of made him the the Blue Beetle character, made him the the the, the primary Blue Beetle. Right. Um, Ted Cord obviously was more of the original, but. Jaime Reyes adds another layer to the character that we we don't get with Ted Kord. It's, it's wild. I mean, Ted Kord has been around forever, but I mean, yeah, Jaime Reyes is Blue Beetle. You can't do any kind of Blue Beetle project and do Ted Kord now. Yeah, for the most part, you know. I mean, like when they were talking about doing like the the Booster Gold and Blue Beetle movie, like that could have been Ted Kord, and that probably would have been Ted Kord. But any sort of like origin kind of thing, like it's got to be. Blue Beetle. That's yeah, I, yeah, so I, think that's... I don't care about. You know, if you're doing like the buddy cop thing, I could see you saying, oh, whatever. Uh, makes more sense to do Ted Cord, but um, but I don't think anybody cares about the Ted. I don't say anybody because I'm sure Ted Cord's got his fans out there. But you know, I think again they've they've made it a, a point to to push the Jaime Reyes characters. That's somebody that I care about way more than Ted Cord, obviously. Um, so yeah, I think there are some interesting stories there. I think he's much better for a movie than than a, a TV series. So. I'm, I'm glad, as opposed to like someone like Static Shock, who I think is better for a TV series than he is a movie. Um, but yeah, I'm glad that this is this is being pushed, um, you know, and that they that they have a director. It'll be interesting to see the story. But uh, but yeah, Blue Beetle, you know, I, I mean, I, I'm I'm with it. Never gonna say no to a superhero movie. Um, so yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm for this. Um, shout out to uh, Soto for getting this project, being the director. Man, again, I check, I told you guys, really check out uh, Trump City Kings. Really dope movie. And, and I'm really looking forward to see what he brings to Blue Beetle. Moving on now uh, to a, a pretty bizarre rumor that made the rounds this weekend. Uh, it came from Australia, which, again, not necessarily uh, the, the, the scoop master that we're accustomed to seeing when it comes to these kind of stories 
but an Australian outlet had posted an article about, you know, how, you know, Australia is kind of becoming New Hollywood and all these, uh, all yeah, Marvel, these, um, Australia, yeah. Yeah, all these movies are being filmed in Australia. Marvel's filming a lot in Australia, and, and a lot of companies are now moving to Australia given COVID and, and not being as bad there and I guess things like that. And one of those outlets, uh, I believe it was the Daily Telegraph, Telegraph yes. yes. They posted an article that really, I think, kind of stopped <laughs> the, the superhero world for the hours that, you know, people were talking about it. They posted an article that not only was Fantastic Four getting ready to film in Australia very soon, but that Jennifer Lawrence had made her way down to Australia because she is, 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 a, is a major... She's playing a major role in the film. Man, I want to tell you, this sparked the conversation on social media. I mean, first you had the people saying, how true is this? Then you had fans fighting about whether Jennifer Lawrence made sense to be Sue Storm. Uh, and the X-Men fans who are mad at what happened with Mystique are fighting the Jennifer Lawrence fans who've seen her and everything else and realize how much of a beast she is in regards to being uh, a just top-notch actress. They're going back and forth. It was harder for me to even follow all of it because, of course, I'm working on the weekends and I'm trying to follow it while I'm working. I'm like, what the hell? Everybody's having different conversations about all this. How true is it? Um, Justin Kroll, who's you know one of the top scoop masters in the game, he came out. Uh, he's a senior reporter at Deadline. He says that uh, Marvel just started script, uh, just started meeting with writers on Fantastic Four. There is no script, and it will uh, be a while before filming starts. Film starts shooting. Yes. So that would suggest that there's no way this rumor would be true. I don't believe this rumor to be true that she is in Australia getting ready to shoot for Fantastic <laughs> Four. I think that this is a, a an erroneous, bogus story that 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 got that that did what it was supposed to do. It got great traffic to the Daily, whatever Telegraph for a day, and 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 now you know they get those dollars and cents from the digital ads, I guess, and all the clicks, and they're probably happy with it. But it just didn't make sense because of what Kroll is saying. We had like there are movies that they're or they're they're still filming. <laughs> like how could they have not known not 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 cast or announced anybody for any role, but they're gonna be starting filming soon in Australia. Do that I think don't, that don't add up? So EJ, do I think Fantastic Four is filming next month? Uh, almost one hundred percent now. Uh, I won't <laughs> no. say one hundred percent because nothing's one hundred percent, but ninety nine percent now. <laughs> um. A lot of that has to do with the fact that the guy who's directing the movie, John Watts, and he's John already Watts, he's doing a movie right now. When we don't even know what the movie's called, and the, the movie is like not even finished. They haven't said anything about the movie. Um, and he's got plenty of post production to get to get done once the movie's done filming, which is not done filming yet. Yeah. So I have I have a hard I have a hard time believing that John Watts is going to get on a plane right when they're done with Spider Man and go to Australia to do Fantastic Four when they haven't said anything about Fantastic Four. Um, I I feel like is there a chance that any of this is true? I think there's a chance, um, and that they got their scoops mixed up on 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 a certain level. Um, because like you said, I mean, look, the Daily Telegraph is an Australian outlet. I can't really speak to their to their validity or their you know are they a tabloid or are they something legitimate? I don't know. Um, you know, they could be the Daily News or they could be the Daily Mail. I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But regardless, um, what I will say is that the article didn't seem, you know, mal. It didn't seem to have malicious intent. It seemed to be like they were just telling facts. They were just 
It was, it, and this was a, this was something that was buried in the story that seemed legitimate. So I'm wondering if there were scoops that got mixed up, but how did they get even word that Jennifer Lawrence, who told them that Jennifer Lawrence was going to be in Fantastic Four and that she was going to Australia? How did that, how did that process even happen? Beyond the fact they just made it up, maybe they did make it up, but again, that's suggesting that they're just like a, a fake news outlet, which I don't, maybe they are, yeah, maybe they're a tabloid, maybe the National Enquirer, who obviously does just make stuff up. But this, I, I, that, but again, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt and say maybe that's not the case. So I do wonder if there is a possibility that something got mixed up. Um, maybe Jennifer Lawrence will be in Fantastic Four. Maybe she's not going there next month. Maybe she's going there at a, at a later date. Maybe she is going to Australia next month to be in, in a Marvel movie. Maybe it's not Fantastic Four. Maybe she's going to be in Fantastic Four, but she's going to be cameoing in another role or in another um in another movie as someone who's going to be in the Fantastic Four. Um, so I think there's a lot of ways to look at it. Obviously, when you talk about Jennifer Lawrence being in Fantastic Four, the, the only name that comes to mind is Sue Storm. Uh, I highly doubt she's playing <laughs> Mr. Fantastic. <laughs> but, um, and ultimately, I look, I, I think, whether or not it's true or not, it seems, it seems unlikely, but uh, there, is a, there is a part of me that just, Forget the logistics that make no sense about this. From just a theoretical perspective and a movie-making perspective, I could see, I could see Disney and Marvel saying themselves, Jennifer Lawrence. There, there are some ups, there are some positives and some negatives when it comes to Jennifer Lawrence. Obviously, she is as A-list as it gets right now for actresses, and I feel like when you're talking about the Fantastic Four. When it comes to this movie, being that this is the third iteration of the Fantastic Four, and we were talking about how do you differentiate, I feel like it's going to be imperative for Marvel to cast probably three A-list, at least B-list, if not A-list actors, to portray these four characters. And five, if you include Doctor Doom, who will probably be introduced into Black Panther, so that, 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 goes, that goes without saying. But... I, so I could see them saying Jennifer Lawrence. I mean, look, she's she's the biggest actress, you know, in Hollywood that hasn't been in a Marvel movie um, at, at this point. You know, that, that could play Sue Storm. Um, so I could see them from that perspective. She's played a superhero. The negative is that she was just in a superhero project and she dogged it the last two and a half movies, probably. Yeah. You know, I would say, you know, Days of Future Past, she was decent. Um, first Class, I thought she was really good. For the role that she had to play, Apocalypse and, and Dark Phoenix. I mean, I mean, she 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 mailed it totally in. Totally mailed it in. Yeah. And, you know, I think she would probably admit to that, you know, in private. You know, um, but that that's the that's the the, the drawback, um, which is why I, I there is that part where I'm like I find it hard to believe that Marvel would really invest in Jennifer Lawrence, but but uh, again, I see the upside. You know, I think they need household names to be a part of Fantastic Four. I don't think you could sell people on another Kate Mara and Miles Teller situation where you have a bunch of unknowns. Michael B. Jordan at that time was an unknown. You know, like they I feel like they need they need names that people are gonna recognize. So um that would be my recommendation. And look, if it's Jennifer Lawrence, like I mean you can say what you want, but she she's an excellent actress, uh Academy Award winning. I, I you know, 
I know people didn't like the Mystique character, but um, I have no issue with that. Maybe maybe it's just a role sham I've seen Jennifer Lawrence in, but I don't. She wouldn't be one of my top. Like, take if I knew nothing about anything. If there was no beef with anything involving what happened with Mystique, I still don't think she'd be one of my top choices for Sue Storm. To me, like Sue Storm is very much woman next door kind of energy. Like, I feel like Jennifer Lawrence is way too swaggy, for lack of a better term, to be Sue Storm. I don't know if that makes sense to you, but, like, like I, I just feel like Sue is very, I don't know. She's just not, like, any of the characters I've seen Jennifer Lawrence play on set. Jennifer Lawrence's characters, and I know the first word I think of is powerful, and I don't, not, I don't want to try to say Sue Storm is weak at all. She's definitely not. But Sue Storm is very sweet. And I don't like that's not ever the vibe I get from characters played by Jennifer Lawrence. Am I off on that? Uh, um No, I wouldn't say you're off on that. Uh I, I think I would agree with you on that. Um that's not to say I don't think she could. Uh, I agree with that. I'm not saying that she couldn't. I'm saying that if I was thinking of actresses, she wouldn't not come up. I was thinking of them. But yes, I agree. Oh. She's great talent. There's a potential that she could do that. Yeah. No, yeah, I, I agree with you. Yeah, so I, I would agree with you there. Um uh so and I'm in agreement agreement with you guys. I don't I don't really believe this. Um uh and I don't really want to believe it. I, now now how much of a hit do you think Marvel would take if Krasinski and Emily Blunt are not Mr. and Mrs. Fantastic? <sighs> I'm tired I, I, of Krasinski and Emily Blunt. So I'll let you go. I mean, I think I think it will be. I think it will depend honestly on the on the on the. I kind of agree with Kendall assessment that they kind of do need some star power here. I think it will depend on the stars that they get. If they get stars that are on the level or bigger than Krasinski and Emily Blunt, then I think that they would absorb the blow pretty well. And like after maybe the initial shock of like their fans being upset then they'd move on and we'd all move on. If they go with someone who, people who are a little more unknown or maybe not unknown, but just not as big a stars as Krasinski and, and, and Blunt, <clears throat> I think they're going to take a hit. I don't know. Like, I think that it'll be a thing they'll have to absorb for a lot longer than they probably feel comfortable with. And right. basically their promotional campaign will have to kind of like move people beyond them. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, they can't hire another uh, you know, Tom Holland and the equivalent of Tom Holland that's a female actress to play these two characters. I think that 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 that, that will that will not go over well immediately. That's gonna take time for people to get over. Um but if they if they if they get people on that level tell this and, movie. And I and I think it, it what makes us worse is Krasinski wants to play the role. You know, yeah. We have from Blunt, I don't think. I mean I, I'm not I'm not certain. Um but Krasinski's been very public about wanting to play the role. There's there's yeah. there's literally a fan campaign. Yeah, he wants well, to do it. You get a little bit of Snyder Cut vibes. <laughs> it's more like you know? brewing. It's you brewing. get a little it bit. Is, of it, it is. I agree. You and, know, yeah. and that he really wants to do it. And the fans want him to do it. And look, if Marvel. If from that perspective, if they are if they're being smart, like again, how do you sell a Fantastic Four movie? If you already have a built-in fan base for a movie that hasn't existed, that doesn't, it doesn't exist. Doesn't exist. 
That yeah, hasn't even been that hasn't been announced yet. I mean, the movie's been announced, but like a movie with Krasinski hasn't been announced yet. They're already an actor fans who, of it. who can a hundred thousand percent play the role. Then yeah. I mean, look, you know, but but again, you know, I mean, again, if we're going with A-list actresses, I mean, how many names are there? There aren't really that many names out there left. That like that could I mean weren't people saying Blunt was gonna be Captain Marvel? People were talking about Blunt with Captain Marvel. She was like the she was like the she was the, the it was like her yeah she was the number one person it was her and, and Larson that yeah and then Larson kind of came up you know at, at, on the rear. Um, I mean Emma Stone hasn't been in an MCU movie. Yeah, you know she's kind of she but she might be. <laughs> she might be in, in this <laughs> next one. Good yeah, point. Yeah. They 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 may not uh <laughs> they may not want to step on that on that uh. On, on that foot, um, but you know I'm you know I'm just looking I'm going through like just a list actresses and it's just you know, I mean I, I, don't, I, don't, think, I don't I don't think Margot Robbie is, is uh I think yeah Margot Robbie the other one yeah but I think she's uh I think she's, she's a, tied, yeah. a little tied up right now yeah I don't think that she'll be taking on a role like that some uh, people I mean, might but like I I don't think she would Emma Watson and then there's that weird then there's that weird thing of like whoever you cast like. Now we can go back and forth about this, but like, I'm kind of looking for a blonde woman. <laughs> and then, okay, well, are they looking for a blonde woman? Does that right? Mean- that's that's the thing. Well, and again, I, that's always something where again it goes back to the the thing we were talking about with, with Super Bowl. It's like, I mean, I mean, Sue Storm probably has to be blonde, but like, does the actress doesn't have to be blonde? You can figure that out. You know? No, like, but like there are like yeah, but there are people that like are again like big actors that I don't I wouldn't anticipate them. They, they they might do whatever they want, but it may look weird to have them turn blonde. They gotta look good in the like if Emma Watson if they casted Emma Watson, who's not mm-hmm. typically blonde, but you find a way. Right. Again, it doesn't have to be you and, and blonde again. You know you can you could easily just make her like it doesn't have to be like super bright bleach blonde look. Right, of course, super fake. Like you can make it look yeah. like kind of decent. You know the way you're like, all right, you know it's a little brownish blonde, dirty blonde kind of thing. I I, I think you can you can get away with that. There are certain people like. You know, if they cast Mila Kunis as that's what I was thinking. That's exactly what I was thinking. I was like, I don't know if that's gonna work. I don't think that. Yeah, I don't think that. She's I a great big name actress, but <laughs> that yeah. might not be the right look. Yeah, that that would look a little bizarre. Right. Um. So yeah, I, I yeah I can see that point. Um. You already yeah. got Florence, Florence Pugh is already playing another role. Like you know, it's yeah. Like it, it's gonna it's 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 fun. It's funny we're here. I mean, again, there are people. Storm out there. is really the one that they have to get right. I think. Like you got to get Reed right, you got to get all of them right. But I feel like the last two Reed Richards were fine. Um, I think the last two Johnny Storms were probably the stars of the, the movie. John, the Johnny Storm, they've they've everyone's hit out of the park. Yeah, they've hit it out of the park. The Ben Grimm's have been decent. I thought the last <laughs> one was you know underwhelming. Um, I thought Michael Chiklis did a very good job. Uh, the Sue Storms. I thought Chiklis was really good. And then yeah, the, yeah, I thought Chiklis was really good. He just just his his, his animation the CGI just the prosthetics look. were just so ridiculous. <laughs> you know, you go back and watch it. Obviously. But like, <laughs> you know, I would think about bringing back Chickless if you thought about it. Like, he'd be the one guy I would say, yeah, you could bring him back. Um, I think yeah, you could bring back Reed probably too. Upgrade, but give him that MCU upgrade. Yeah, and just give him a new look. But Sue Storm to me is the one that it's not like they've not not like Kate Mara or Jessica Alba were terrible, but they were just so like like mute. You know, like they were kind of, they didn't have much to them. They're kind of just there. And like, that's the character they got to really, they got to give me a reason 
to me for me to like the character. And they really didn't in the last one. They really didn't in the in the other two movies either. So right. you know, that's the one that I think they really have to get right. I Johnny guess. Storm is the one that they clearly got. They clearly, you know, just don't change anything. Just keep the keep the same gimmick and you'll be fine. Um I wonder if someone like Cersei Ronan would be a good choice. Uh maybe a little young for what they are looking for, but I mean she's, you know, Academy Award winning caliber actress. Um already I already know looks good and blonde. Like I I don't know. We'll we'll see, you know, who they end up picking. I do feel like I agree that picking a major actress is gonna be important. An actor for all these roles, I think is gonna be important for or for at least a lot of them. Um, they can't. They, I, I don't think they can mess around and you know, pick someone kind of underwhelming. Well, not not underwhelming in terms of talent. But underwhelming in terms of name. And because again, not, it's not Krasinski and Blunt. I think that that will that will be a little bit of a knock. I, I'm not nervous about whether or not Marvel can cast someone that's gonna be fine. They go, they'll cast someone that's gonna be good. I'm just worried. Like again, Fantastic Four is it? Mark Fox gave the Fantastic Four to Marvel in part because. They they like they couldn't do anything with it. They, they determined it was they'd rather just take the billions. Yeah, it's like we <laughs> don't want the, we can't make then, that. Then, money then try out. to do that. Try to do yeah, that thing. We're never making another one any ever again anyway. So what's the point? So like Marvel has to they have to be able to sell that movie the same movie that Fox was trying to sell. So of course having the Marvel brand will help tremendously, but I think they're gonna need another another push, and maybe that push is Emily Blunt and. and and uh, whatchamacallit, and, and John Krasinski. Um, obviously, Emily Blunt's going to be in Jungle Cruise, which is another Disney movie, so that's going to be, that'll help that relationship. But, you know, and I've seen people say, oh, well, you know, just make them Scott Summers and Jean Grey. Do not want that at all. Um, no. Yeah, to me. That's a terrible idea. Yeah, so, yeah, to me, that's a terrible idea, you know. I mean. Is, is there something, is there something <laughs> to, like, in terms of, like, because I'll be honest, I don't think that, I don't, I don't think it's going to be them. Um, I don't think so either. Marvel is there something? Is, but is there something also? Is no one else and uh, and not like John and Emily? From all I know, relationship is fantastic. But is there not some concern about their relationship? <laughs> and and it, and, no and, and like you're and you're in your future with these characters hinging on it. Like no comment. I'm sorry. I I I'm Marvel. I'm not necessarily thrilled about having to go down that road they've done movies together and they've been great in those movies together but they're one-off movies you know they're, they're one or two movies i'm not talking about making a, a franchise so you're saying so you're saying that kanye and kim kardashian aren't going to be no and mr Fantastic. no that, 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 that's, not, that, that's not gonna happen and had they done that it would have been very problematic for marvel and i'm not again i'm not wishing anything against Man. John and Emily and I don't have any knowledge to suggest there's anything wrong or there will be anything wrong. Yeah, I'm just saying trusting in interpersonal relationships to continue in order to move forward your movie franchise doesn't sound like the most safe bet. It's risky, especially in Hollywood. You know, it's just a risky bet, but there's an element of risk. I mean, there's an I element of reward. Like, but they're also professionals. I feel Would they like, continue I feel like to do they're it professionals as long as, as, long as okay. we don't get another Ezra Miller, right? You know, if it's an amicable, anything horrible, you know, if it's not Johnny Depp and you know, or anything and like it, that, you're right. And it's funny you mentioned the Johnny. Yeah, you Depp. You guys say that, but did you guys yeah. hear 
the report. And this is another one. I, I'm not getting into any desolation. Vishamari's <laughs> face is like, oh, don't get fired. <laughs> but did you guys hear? This is another one where it's like off the beaten path kind of reporter or, or you know article mentioning something. <laughs> but Forbes had an article on Amelia Clark. We all know Amelia Clark from, from Game of Thrones, from yes. Solo. She played Kira in Solo. Uh, they had a story about like, her house you know Forbes you know they do the the mansion stories and the you know this is what this person net worth and they just bought a house for this amount of money or whatever I don't care about that stuff and most people don't this article is in December well in the article on the very bottom they're going through you know her tracker she plays Kira she plays you know uh she plays the girl in Game of Thrones and they mentioned yeah, demand. Yeah, no, right. Demaris, I clearly you gotta get your name right. Yeah, we but, we do a throne tales. We have, we have those podcasts on this. Exactly. We're not gonna we're not gonna not know her name, Kendall. In the bottom of the article, they mention that Amelia Clark has also signed on to replace Amber Heard in Aquaman too. Yeah, I've heard this. What's that about? Again, is, that, is again this isn't Forbes? Clearly, isn't the Daily isn't the Daily Telegraph? I mean, again, no disrespect to the Daily Telegraph, but like now. Did somebody get something mixed up? Did the guy just that wrote the article, did he just like mess that up? How do you mess? That's very specific, the way he framed it. He didn't say Amelia Clark stars is going to star as Mara in Aquaman 2. And he's all like, oh, actually, I meant Amber Heard. I got that mixed up. Like he said, he's going to replace Amber Heard right. in Aquaman 2. That's very specific. Hmm. I don't know how um... that happened. So so I, I, I thought that was gonna I thought that was gonna connect to our our, our the topic we were discussing. How well, I'm just saying that to do anything. Well, well, because you mentioned uh, you mentioned Depp. Johnny Depp. So you just thought of that. And yeah, you, you mentioned Johnny Depp. Oh, and I'm yeah. like, what, what happened there? Yeah, there's a, bon- a bonus to, coverage here on New Generation. The Jennifer Lawrence, uh, the Jennifer Lawrence article being bogus. Oh, I see, I see. Is this article bogus? Uh, uh I don't know. That sounds. Well, when did that happen? The article today, came out right? a couple days ago. The article December. came out in December. The guy, people started reading about it this week. People like found it. And was like, wait, what does it say? Mm. I don't know how somebody found it, but this article's been out for. for a I while. feel. I mean, who knows? I mean, you know, people get. You know, people could do a lot of crazy things on the internet. You know, could someone right. have hacked them and then pointed somebody to an article and then that article said this thing that right. clearly wasn't true or there's been no rumor about it. <laughs> that's possible. I mean, that's not... That, so, like so people on the, on the internet listen, or people listen, they might sound like, that sounds like crazy, you know, 007 stuff. I'm like, man, the internet is a weird place. It's 100% possible someone could have hacked Forbes, said, what's the last article they've done? Oh, or, one, like, you know, or, or like, they, they want to push a camp, excuse me, a campaign for Amelia Clark. Like, what's the campaign? What's the last article they did? All right, something about her moving in the house. Whatever. Let's just write it on there. And then all you gotta do is again with these with the internet, all you got the right person's gotta point this the right person to an article and then it gets viral. So that definitely could be what's happening. I, I feel like it, I can't I can't believe that like we'd have no on the record confirmation at this point in time, two months later, that Amber's been replaced, let alone that they have someone in, in place already. Like that I feel like we would know that by now. There's no yeah, way been, you, yeah. there's no way you can keep that off the record oh, this long. Are our, our mistakes? People yeah. just got major things messed up, yeah. and they just yeah, she's like, probably placing she's probably placing Amber Heard on some other project that we don't even know or care about, right? You know, because yeah. that don't make no sense. Now, 
I will say, if you were going to replace Amber Heard with Amelia Clark, Amelia is so short. It's the only issue. But Amelia, I would I would take her over Amber Heard 10 times over. If you're telling me I, I could recast Mira from zero and I didn't have to think worry about the future, she's a better actress than Amber Heard. But I agree with that. Now, again, the physical aspects of it, Amber is a you know much taller, much more to me. She looks more athletic, like that. That aspect looks, of it, she looks uh, like Mira. Yeah, that aspect of it is hard. It's hard to argue in terms of why she may be a better fit. You know, Amelia Clark's like five one, I think. You know, Amber's five seven. So like, you can't. I can't really control that. But again, I'm talking about just acting ability. One hundred percent, I'm taking. Amelia Clark. So I could see why people would maybe go through the hacking to do it. But I could also see if that was true somehow, why DC would go that route. Because I think that outside of the physical aspects of the of the role, she would be a great mirror, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean I mean I agree. I think I think she would be a great mirror. Hopefully they're hopefully they're they're bringing people in there they're maybe they're uh you know they're having talks discussions and whatnot um i mean i'm not going to go too detailed in the whole amber heard johnny depp situation but <laughs> look i just hope we get a resolve we get a good mirror that's all i'll say about it. so you mean johnny depp and amber heard aren't going to be mr fantastic and uh <laughs> <laughs> no, <dude>. <laughs> <laughs> i already told that joke <laughs> uh no they will they will not be uh Either any of those characters uh, that you just mentioned. Um, last story of the day, guys. Uh, this one I, I got to lean on you guys, as I as I said in the pre-show. So, uh, an animated movie is indeed there. Are reports or rumors that perhaps they may be uh, connections to the MCU made in live action. So, this the superhero movie Big Hero Six, which was obviously produced by Disney, according to uh, Disney Insider, that film is being set up to now be included in the MCU and Marvel Studios moving forward. Clearly, we've never had any kind of non-Marvel project somehow be infused into Marvel Studios. And I'll be honest, like just from a read of this from afar, it feels like this is kind of like everybody's work. Like this is kind of what people warned about when Disney bought Marvel. It was like, oh, no, are we going to see, you know, Mickey Mouse on Iron Man or something like that? And everybody was like, calm down. It's never going to happen. Like, <laughs> this is actually, like, the closest, if this was to be true, the closest thing to that happening. Now, Variety has written an article as of today saying that uh, that is not true, that they won't be making any live-action debuts in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But the Disney Insider is standing its ground on this reporting. So Kendall, you're a big fan of... Uh, the movie Big Hero, Big Hero Six. What do you make of this situation? That's uh, that's that's being reported. Yeah, uh, to me, this is very interesting. Um, you know, I feel like, first of all, shout out to Skylar Schuler, uh, Derek Cornell, and the entire Disney Insider crew that For was sure, able man. to get this. I've emailed, I've emailed Skylar trying to get him on this podcast. I would love to talk to Skylar. Yeah, yeah. So you know, he hears this. <laughs> turn my email. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but you know they're very confident in their in their report. They say that 
the Big Hero 6 will be included in the MCUs at some point going forward. Some of their characters, most likely the main character, Hero, uh, and obviously the the big fluffy robot, Baymax. Um, those are the two that seem most likely to transfer, that would transfer over into the MCU. Um, to me, that is, uh, first of all, just in its concept, makes, I think, a lot of sense considering the Big Hero 6 have Marvel roots and it's a huge property, you know? And if you're talking about bringing in more characters, not only just more characters to the MCU in general, but, like, also, like, Hero is obviously an Asian character. You know, it brings you another Asian, young Asian superhero. Now, some people say, well, why don't you just do Amadeus Cho? Um, you know, that's the conversation. You know, you could just do Amadeus Cho. If you, you don't have to bring in Hero and then just try and scratch your back. And if you're Disney, scratch your own back with, with another property. But, um... To me, like, and they point out in the article, like the three properties that they mentioned, that I guess according to their source, their sources that um, they would be expected to show up in would be either um, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, which makes sense for obvious reasons, uh, Secret Invasion, which I don't really see how that one makes any sense, and they mentioned Agents of Atlas, which isn't something that's been confirmed, um, which is also interesting to me because the Agents of Atlas. Um, and it's more modern incarnations. It's just it's a it's essentially a Marvel superhero group of Asian characters, you know. And but a lot of people they've kind of been brought up into the forefront recently because a lot of people want a Jimmy Woo show or Jimmy Woo version of the Agents of Atlas, you know, where they bring in other other Asian superheroes as well and Marvel characters like an Amadeus show, for example. But um, if you do bring in like hero. Uh, and you make him a part of the Agents of Atlas, or you uh, have him appear in Agents of Atlas, like that would make sense. But um, to me, I, I think this wasn't mentioned as a part of the properties. But to me, I think the property that makes the most sense if you're bringing in that hero character is um, is Young Avengers. Um, I think if you imagine if they did the Young Avengers, and they made him and Baymax a part of the Young Avengers. Would that be would that be confusing to some people? Probably. But again, if you want to, like, sell the movie, imagine you're doing a Young Avengers, and it has, like, Miss Marvel, and it's got, like, Baymax in it. Like, I mean, just imagine. <laughs> it's essentially Big Hero 6, because it's the same dynamic. I mean, no disrespect yeah. to the other characters in the Big Hero 6, but, like, the Big Hero 6 is Hero, and it's Baymax. And then right. it's just, like, the rest of these characters were interesting, but they're, they're just complimentary. Right. If you bring Hero and you bring Baymax and you put him in the Young Avengers with like Kate Bishop and uh, maybe Patriots in there and uh, like I said, Miss um, Marvel, whoever else you you can Stat- figure out. Stature, yeah, Stature may be in there. Obviously, Wicked and Speed may end up being in there. Like that could be an interesting dynamic that I think could make a lot of money. Uh, which I don't know. who cares? It could make a lot of money, but um, but yeah. So to me, I, I think if you're talking about selling. I mean, Baymax is one of the more popular characters, one of the more recognizable characters, even more beyond popular. Like, you see that thing, you know it's from Big Hero 6. Um, so I, I think this is a, a very interesting idea, and I don't buy that this isn't true. I'm sticking with with with, mm. with their original scoop. I know Variety came out with their little, nah, this isn't true thing. But even in their, even in their, their denial of this story, which felt kind of vindictive, not vindictive, but kind of like, yeah, nah, that little scoop you heard, not true. It's like, all right, Variety. Based off what? And even in the article, they said they said claim it to their sources, but 
the same time, they also said, doesn't mean that, you know, sometime in the future we won't see Big Hero 6 characters, but it's just not anytime soon. And I'm like, so what? So are you saying that you so really you're saying there's a, So you're saying there's a chance. Right, exactly. So you're right. saying there's a chance. So to me, I, I think we will end up seeing some sort of crossover. I don't know how expansive. It could be just a cameo in Multiverse of Madness, or it could be something much bigger. And I think something much bigger has a lot of potential if you're Marvel. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, um, uh, I think that that was a good idea, kind of with, with regards to the Young Avengers. I definitely think that that would probably be the, the best fit. Um, but I mean, I think for anyone that that seen Big Big Hero Six, I think this is this is extremely exciting. Um, I mean, when watching Big Hero Six, it feels kind of like a, a superhero movie. Um, and uh, I mean, seeing Hero and Baymax interact with with members of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It'll be interesting. Um, I'm not sure what what versions of those characters uh, we would get, and I feel like Hero is very similar to like Amadeus Cho, just in terms of yeah of, yeah. of his kind of yeah just in terms his of demeanor. The, his demeanor, yeah. the character itself. Yeah. So I mean I I don't know I don't know if they're gonna be blending those characters or or if anything's gonna happen with that, but. Um, but yeah, I mean it's it's, I mean it's it would be pretty interesting. I I don't, um, uh, I will say if I had to you know give a percentage of how how likely I think this is, it's probably in the teens, somewhere in the teens. I don't think this is gonna wow. happen. Wow. Um, I mean I don't think that's a hot take. <laughs> I mean Big Hero Six <laughs> yeah, before bro. this article came out, who would have thought who would have thought <laughs> that that would be a thing? So I don't think this is a thing. Yeah. Um, I think I think Variety check with their sources. I think their sources are saying, to what to our knowledge, this is not a thing. You know, right. if it's on someone's whiteboard somewhere, maybe I guess, but it's not a, a, an official thing that's been decided yet. Right. Um. So. Uh. So yeah, that's that's pretty. Uh. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty much how I feel on it. Big Hero Six was a great movie. Um. You know, if anyone hasn't seen it, I highly recommend you watch it. It's a very fun movie. Uh, a lot of action, a lot of humor, a lot of heart. Like like most Disney animated movies, um, uh, you know. But um, but yeah, I don't I don't see them infusing that in the in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. At least like like they said, not anytime soon. Yeah, I, I mean I'm torn on this in terms of the the ver, you know ver, the veracity, the truth of it. I just keep it a more simple word. Uh, to the truth of it, um, I feel like you know Big Hero Six. I I, I admit you know. I know I got you guys. You guys know I got yelled at by Sham and Kendall before this pod when they revealed to them that I had not seen Big Hero Six, but I I had it. Um, and that's I know that's terrible superhero fan uh, who has not seen superhero six, Big Hero Six, but I, I just have never got around to it. It came around in a time with Disney where I just wasn't really watching anything they were doing. Um, but I, I've heard only great things, and a lot of superhero fans truly love that movie and look at it as like a part of this superhero culture that we've grown really since, uh, at the very least since the beginning of Iron Man, but maybe it dates back to even, uh, the first X-Men movie. I, I, I don't hate this on his face value as much as like maybe the purists will. I, I think, you know, there are certain characters and aspects you can bring in that it doesn't have to be the whole movie and the whole aspect of the movie. I'm not saying you should do a whole, uh, live action big hero six now to like, 
make it in the Marvel Universe, but if there are certain characters that you can include, and particularly Hero and Baymax, as Kendall said, I'm not totally against that, and depending on what the what the situation may be. Like, the way I see the Marvel Universe kind of panning out, it does feel like a lot of their properties are becoming not necessarily dark, but a little more mature than maybe when we first started with Marvel. Um, and I, I do wonder, you know, Marvel, I think at some point, is going to want to cash in on their name by doing a very kid-friendly project. So if that's a Young Avengers or Champions or something like that, or an Agents of Atlas, like, like they, this might be a good way to bring those kids in. Because um, the thing about animated movies is, like, you can say, oh, but those kids who watch that movie are old or older. But animated movies, because it's like in school is different now because everybody's pandemic. But because it's where you are in school and where you are in uh, camps and things like that, like you end up watching animated movies for a long, that have been around forever when you're a kid. Um, like when I was a kid, I watched every animated movie that pretty much had been out up until I was 12. You know what I'm saying? Then after a while, you're not watching them because you don't have to because they're not forcing you to watch them in an auditorium or on a school trip or something like that. So there will be plenty of kids who at that point in time had watched Big Hero 6 because they just, their kids and their parents and teachers are putting them in front of all Disney movies. So it might be a good idea to introduce uh, uh, someone like that. And, and who's to say that we won't get another Big Hero 6 movie that's animated before we do uh, this live action thing that even makes it even more current. So I, I don't I don't necessarily hate this idea as much. I think this is probably like the furthest you would ever see Marvel go in that route. But if this is what they decide to do, I don't hate it. Do I believe it? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm kind of torn. I think it can go either way, to be honest. Like I, I like I feel like they could probably this could be something that they certainly are thinking about, but maybe it's not something that's like concrete. Uh, and they, that's why you have their source saying, "Hey, this is not happening, or at least not anytime soon." But I think it's something that definitely could be on their radar. Um, it'd definitely be unique. It's something Marvel hasn't done before. And they, they get to a point where they become Teflon. You can kind of try anything. And I don't think this is, like, the most outrageous thing I've seen them trying. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I mean, I, I could see them them infusing. I, I, I think Big Hero 6 is particularly well-suited for this kind of crossover for obvious reasons. Yeah. Um, uh... But, I, I mean, I don't know. If they did do something like this, it wouldn't be, like, the Baymax that we saw. Uh, it, it wouldn't be the Baymax that we saw. It it would, it would be so similar. You think it would be a different design? Yeah. Let would, me show it you. It would be more, like, comics, I guess, accurate. Yeah, I just or, saw I just saw a picture of the comic version. Yeah, it would be more. Baymax. Yeah, it would be a more comics accurate. It, it would be, it, I mean, it would I mean, be akin to. Like in the um, comics, he looks more like a transformer. Yeah, I would, yeah, I was just about to say that. I was, it's gonna be like like the Transformers, you know. It, it would be like Optimus Prime showing up, and then heroes on his back or something, you know. But I don't think that that sells. I'll be honest. Me neither. I, don't I think, think it's kind of weird. You know, like it, they don't they don't need to do that. They don't <laughs> need to do that. I don't think that's gonna bring in a whole lot of kids. I think you need like the or a whole pillow, lot of people. The giant pillow gimmick for it to for it to sell. And right, and I don't think this is gonna. I don't think it's going to – all of a sudden, droves of people are going to – I think, if anything, it's going to make people cringe a little bit, potentially. And, you know, and I would – and, again, people will say, oh, this is the comics-accurate version. Right. But I don't think that's going to, like, sway people. People are going to be like, well, I don't, I don't care about this Baymax. Well, I don't want to see this Baymax. And then they're not going to go to the movie. 
as opposed to possibly going to the movie, <laughs> right? Because of just oh, this is an interesting. Concept. I don't think they. I think if they did it, I think it would look like how they did in the movie. Um, only because that would be like again, like you said, that'd just be like counterintuitive. Like why even bring them in? I agree. Yeah, I think. I think. I think. I agree. I think if you're gonna do it, you got to do it. They look. They'll modernize the look a little bit, but it's gonna look similar. I think. Mm. Um, I don't think it'll be the exact same like source retailer, but like, I think it'll be based off of like I think it'll be mostly based off of what we saw in the movie. Like whatever you saw in the movie, whatever you know, like they probably changed stuff in the movie. But I think like you're just it's similar to Daredevil. Like when they bring Daredevil into Spider Man, like we assume, which apparently they said that they're 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 casting for a courtroom scene in Spider Man, which we assume that. That means uh, Matt Murdock showing up. But uh, assuming, like, we, like assuming we get Daredevil, we assume that like the the source material we're supposed to assume is based off of is, is the Netflix version. They won't say that probably, but that's the that's that's gonna be my <laughs> that's gonna be my thing if if it's Charlie Cox. I think it'll be the same thing if we see the Big Hero Six characters. Like, it'll be loosely, but mostly based off of what we saw in the movie. Uh-huh. And you're, you're supposed to assume that that's what you're getting. Mm. Okay, interesting. Mm. Yeah, it's and um, I I I I probably agree with that, but Marvel can go one of many ways with this. It's funny to see you know, an up and coming outlet like this this Insider and then like Variety kind of square off here. I'm gonna keep score and see which one uh ends up. <laughs> yeah, you gotta keep score here, man. I'm gonna keep score here, uh, because I like to see the. When this young scoop masters get stuff, you know, and then you got the uh, establishment saying, "Hey, hey, that's not true." It's like, okay, well, let's uh, let's see this bear out. Let's let's see what's going to happen. So I'll, I'll be following the story very closely, and I will find a chance. Funny Variety soon. tweeted today. Got a confidential scoop for Variety. Submit it here. And Skyler Schuler tweeted, "Yeah, Big Hero Six characters are coming to the MCU." <laughs> <laughs> see, that's that's why that's why we need to get Skyler on this podcast. Uh, we need to have a conversation with him. Um, but that's going to do it for this edition of New Generation Hero Talk. So, again, hope you guys enjoyed this episode. A lot to talk about, but we got a lot done. We didn't get to do any show recaps. We understand that uh, Superman and Lois uh, debuted uh, this tonight and Tuesday night. We're going to give you guys a bonus episode of Hero Talk this week to discuss that uh, re- that, that review. That probably Ken and I. So, um, don't, be, don't be alarmed. Oh, we didn't get a review this week. And I know we haven't done a lot because we're doing a lot of WandaVision stuff on YouTube, but you guys will be getting uh, our thoughts on Superman and Lois probably tomorrow, or at least the next day after this podcast was released. So that'll be coming, so make sure you keep your eyes out for that. Of course, all of our podcasts you can catch on New Generation Podcast Network. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and TuneIn. Also, once again, of course, catch our YouTube channel, New Generation Media, where we're doing WandaVision episode recaps every week. We have two more left. Because, of course, there's two more episodes of WandaVision left. So, there will be a new one up this weekend for Friday's episode. So, again, if you want to catch our thoughts on WandaVision, you can find us on YouTube, New Generation Media. Find us on social media. We're on Twitter, New Generation Pod. Excuse me. Instagram, New Generation Podcast. Follow uh, Shamari on Twitter and Snapchat, MCShan22. Ken will be found on Twitter at NewGenKen. I can be found on Twitter, EJ underscore Stewart, and on Instagram, Action EJ. Thank you guys so much for checking us out. For Shamari, for Kendall, I'm EJ. Take it easy, guys. Peace.